0: You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Our in emotion is the future. This is just the beginning.
1: You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No, there is another.
0: Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to episode 56 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars The Force Awakens and Rogue One and all the other new and exciting uh, projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim?
1: Hey, Kyle. Doing good. Especially I'm doing good because we are just, as we're recording this episode, it's a little under two weeks away from Celebration Anaheim man. Can you believe it, just two weeks under two weeks, and through that time, we're going to be seeing new Force Awakens footage, Battlefront footage, season two premiere of Rebels, who knows a bunch of other cool stuff that's going to happen. And it just I can't believe it's here already, it's awesome!
0: Oh, it is going to be so cool. Um, yeah, in like two weeks from right now, and we're recording this on Saturday night, like at this point, exactly two weeks from now, we will have seen. Something new from The Force Awakens, um, you know, presumably a new trailer. We definitely will have seen a new Battlefront trailer, plus maybe some, uh, you know, gain some extra gameplay footage that they might be showing off there that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and the season two premiere of Star Wars Rebels. So, and man, probably just
1: a trailer in general for season two of Rebels. Like, sure, they'll have like some type of scissor reel for that, also. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, so, man, it is just going to be such an awesome weekend. Um, and actually, this week, we're kind of light on Episode 7, News and Rumors, and we've got a lot more uh, info about Celebration and what's going to be going on there. So we're just going to go ahead and start off with that news. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've they've released the full schedule for Celebration Anaheim at this point, um, or at least most of the full schedule, because if you go over to the website there um, – and And look at the the schedule and all the panels and stuff there are still a few panels that are listed as uh you know coming soon or to be announced or whatever, but for the most part, the schedule is all there um you know lots of cool stuff going on from you know fun fan events to panels with celebrities and all that kind of stuff um obviously you know we' we're, we're starting with the big uh force awakens panel with jJ Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy that is going to be. Uh, broadcast simultaneously across like five other rooms or I I guess it's going to be in one main stage of celebration and then broadcast to four other stages at the same time so I think just about everyone who's going to be there on Thursday morning is going to get to see whatever they're going to be showing off there Um, but also for fans who can't be there uh, who are from like other countries they're going to be broadcasting it to um, I know at least London they're going to have an event in um, I'm going to totally butcher this name, but Leicester Square. Um, and, uh, you know, they're going to be having some kind of event there where you can watch a live broadcast of this episode seven panel. And I thought I saw somewhere else that it's going to be shown in some other countries, too. Um, and I'm going to try to go look that up right now. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I mean, but obviously, you know, it's a super exciting way just to kick this thing off.
1: You know, I'm just really glad, too, that. Because this is a concern I had where is it going to be like so hard to get into that JJ J. Abrams Kathleen Kennedy panel if it's only going to be shown in like the main uh, celebration stage? There, that a lot of people who are going to be there aren't going to be able to experience probably what's no doubt going to be the main uh, attraction for Celebration Anaheim, the scene, what's new for The Force Awakens, but then the fact that they're going to be showing it in different. Um, stages throughout the convention center just like reaffirms yeah so pretty much whoever's going to be there on thursday will more than likely get a chance to see it sure it might not be quite as good as being in the same room with jj abrams kathleen kennedy and the other guests that they have planned there but just the fact that everyone's gonna have a chance to see whatever they're going to show is great to know and i think it also too it's being shown in all these different uh theater rooms in the convention center and the plus that it's going to be like live streamed and broadcast in other parts of like in the uk i mean they're going to be showing some Force Awakens stuff, no doubt now. If anyone ever had doubts that they weren't going to show footage there, they're showing something. I mean, they wouldn't be doing all this if it was just kind of like a panel with J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, talking a little bit about their experience making the movie and all that. Well, as cool as that would be, I mean, I don't think that warrants to have all this like extra uh, procedures or extra pretty much waste so that every fan can experience what's going to be shown there, so... I mean, yeah, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, just two more weeks, man, Force Awakens footage. We're going to be seeing new Force Awakens footage. It just seems like only a few weeks ago we were still buzzing about the teaser trailer that came out back in November. And here we are in April already about to see more new footage for it. So, oh, man, that's a hard part of just making it through this next week. (laughs) That's going to be the tough job for every Star Wars fan, making it to that Thursday on April uh, 16th.
0: Yeah. Now, as far as this uh, this international thing goes, um, I mean, the only one I can find solid details about is uh, this event that they're going to be having in London. But I found one website that said, like, it's going to be part of... or it's going to be one of 35 different events taking place across 23 different countries. Um, so it sounds like they will be broadcasting this to, you know, some other different places that maybe just haven't been announced yet. But the other thing to get excited about, too... Is, uh, you know, if you aren't able to make it to celebration and see this stuff in person, um, like you said, Tim, without a doubt, they're going to be showing something from episode seven, most likely the next trailer, but, you know, could be some behind the scenes making of kind of stuff could be some, you know, some other footage or scenes or something and not just a trailer, but, um, you know, whatever it is, because they're going to be showing it to so many people there at the convention. And then apparently, you know, other people around the world, um, It's going to be really hard to keep a lid on this for, you know, two weeks until uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron premieres and stuff. There's going to be a lot of leaks and people posting it on YouTube and stuff. So I would be really surprised if they don't post it on, you know, post the official trailer online for everyone to see, uh, you know, sometime that day or at least by the end of the weekend for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm guessing it might just be right after really. I mean, it's going to be streaming in certain places and, I think for the most part, Star Wars and Lucasfilm have been pretty good as far as getting these trailers out that are showing at conventions right away. But if I could be greedy for a little bit, I kind of <laughs> wish it maybe won't be right right away so that... Us fans who are there, who are experiencing some of that special thing of getting to see the Force Awakens footage uh, kind of exclusively for a little bit, because I don't want to be where no fan gets to see it for like until the Avengers comes out. So if it's like a day or two, (laughs) if I could be allow myself to be greedy and have that. The fact of knowing that this uh, exclusive bit of Star Wars fans got the experience of the Force Awakens footage, but at the same time, I've been on the other end so many times for like Comic-Con where they show exclusive like footage there that never comes out, for instance, like the Batman v Superman uh, teaser that they showed at last year's Comic-Con. Nothing stills still has come out for that even though it has leaked there has been no like official version of that which kind of stinks for those fans but at the same time i understand too where those who did get to see it they can have that cool feeling of knowing they were there to get to see it so it would be kind of nice to have that for this being my first celebration to have that little bit of experience to know that you got to see some new force awakens footage while uh, the, the other rest of the people who weren't there could have to wait a little bit but Oh yeah. that's giving oh. it to the dark side a little bit. I guess.
0: <laughs> but even if even if it goes up online, you know, five minutes after we get to see it, you can still say you were one of the first and you were there in person. Um, not to mention getting to see it on a big screen. And uh, I mean, that's one thing. You know, they haven't announced anything about uh, you know passes or the, you know they they said something about they were going to release information about like wristbands yeah. or line cues or something like that, and we still haven't heard anything about that yet. Um, but I'm like, if it's going to be something where everybody just gets up and gets in line for this thing as early as possible, um, I mean, they, they've got the celebration, or I think it's just called the celebration stage, it's like the main hall, it's like this, or at least the last celebration, it was in a big like theater auditorium where they had all the main uh, interviews with uh, you know Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and all the really big events and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm not sure... Uh, exactly how the the Anaheim Convention Center layout is, but I would imagine it would probably be something pretty similar. But then they also have the digital stage, which is where they have, um, you know, which is where they're going to be having the Rebels premiere and all that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, you know, just more just kind of a big square room with a lot of chairs in it, but it's got a really big, uh, you know, nice clear digital projector screen up front. And I'm thinking I would almost rather get a front seat in that room and... uh you know, just get to see the, the live stream of what's going on in the other room and get to see that for, you know, get to see the trailer or the footage on this big screen right up there, then get into, you know, the main celebration hall and get to see, I was in the same room with JJ Abrams when they showed off the footage, but, you know, get a seat like way in the back or something. Cause obviously that's going to be the first one to fill up. Cause everybody wants to be there in the main room. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes either way. Uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's pretty awesome that just about everybody there is going to get to see it, and uh, it's just going to be super exciting.
1: Totally, man. And I'm just thinking, too, like, besides the fact of seeing the new Force Awakens trailer or footage or whatever they're going to call it by the time we see it, but just what else we're going to get at this panel. Is it just going to be J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy talking about the experience of making the film, or I'm kind of thinking, will we actually get some details also regarding, like, a, not – a big old plot synopsis but like a basic plot synopsis of the movie to kind of know what the force awakens is actually going to be about for kind of those who aren't uh, following all like the rumors and spoiler stuff that's come out over the last few years since this announcement so i'm kind of curious if we'll get that and maybe a few character details also yeah, cause i think that'd be kind of cool too to not only just get that trailer but get some few more concrete details about the film itself like have a few images go up on the screen and have them like talk about oh about this character or basic plot synopsis and stuff like that. I'm just kind of curious if that might be part of the panel too. So, as excited as it is to. Exp- uh, start getting ex- uh, expecting that trailer and footage to show at the panel. Uh, just kind of getting thinking too that man, what else is going to be there? So because it's not just going to be the trailer. I mean, they're not going to have a whole hour of showing Force us yeah. uh, footage. Yeah, they're going so have... to be <laughs> doing some other cool stuff. So they're not going to it. be definitely excited to be wondering what that other stuff is going to be.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they will. Show some or, you know, ha- have them uh, give us a little bit more info, especially once we see some new stuff in, you know, what we're assuming is probably just going to be a trailer. But, um, you know, for them to maybe even just kind of set the stage a little bit and tell us, you know, sort of what's the state of the galaxy and the, the rebellion and the Empire and everything sort of um, where that's all at in the the 30 years since Return of the Jedi. Now, obviously, we've got this whole big Uh, the journey to the Force Awakens or, uh, you know, that whole um, initiative that's going to be coming out with all the books and stuff leading up to the movie's release. Um, And there's going to be a lot more information in there, obviously, but just kind of set the stage a little bit. And obviously we're going to see some stuff in the trailer so they could just elaborate on that a little bit without giving away too much. Um, But one thing that was interesting is uh, just uh, a little over a week ago, Um, The official Star Wars Celebration Twitter page uh, posted just a a black, plain image with uh, just text that says uh, Luke and Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca, C-3PO, and R2-D2. In their tweet, they said the Dream Team and, you know, hashtag SWCA for Star Wars Celebration. Um, And immediately you know, you start speculating like the dream team, what does that mean? They've got all six of these characters there. And they also, you know, the other thing we don't know is they said at this panel, um, they're going to have some special guests. there joining JJ Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy. I think it's pretty safe to assume that Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher will be there for this panel because they're going to be there the whole weekend for celebration. Anyways. Um, I also think it's probably a pretty safe bet that, John Boyega and or Daisy Ridley and or Oscar Isaac and or Adam Driver might show up for this panel Um, as as one of these surprise guests. But then seeing this, you know, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, 3PO and R2, um, I was like, wait, does that mean that they're all going to be there at Celebration? Like the character, the, the actors who play all these characters are all confirmed to be making an appearance at Celebration except for Harrison Ford. So I was like, wait, is this... Confirmation that Harrison Ford is going to be, uh, you know, making an appearance at Celebration, you know, probably just for for one day for this panel, um, which is exciting to think about. It would be awesome if he did show up. But then I was uh, talking about this with some friends the other night, and um, you know, realized that probably what this actually means is that whatever they're going to show. For The Force Awakens, uh, you know, the, the new trailer, new footage, whatever, is going to feature all six of these characters in it. That's my prediction at this point. Um, because obviously the first trailer just showed, uh, you know, Finn and Ray and Kylo Ren and BB 8 and uh, Poe Dameron um, and then the Falcon. But people were like, man, I wish there was, you know, some more of the other Star Wars stuff in there. You know, I wanted to see the original three characters and stuff. And so I know that's probably what most people are hoping to see. Uh, in whatever we see in the next trailer, and so I think at this point that's probably the safe bet is that uh, you know this image is is kind of subtly suggesting that that's what we're going to see in the new footage at uh, at celebration.
1: Now that is an interesting uh, look at it when that image came out because when I first saw it, I thought the same thing you did, where it's like, oh, is this confirming that all these actors who play these characters are going to be at that special panel, but then none of what you just said about these characters showing up in the trailer makes total sense too. And now I'm thinking, well, can't we have both? <laughs> Cause that would be awesome. <laughs> they all show these characters in the trailer that they're all there on stage for the panel. that that'd be awesome. I mean, like you said, Harrison Ford is the only one that, isn't announced to be there and it would be really cool if he was to attend his first celebration and what better time than this one for the force awakens when he's going to be back as Han Solo so yeah seeing the Star Wars Celebration a Twitter account tweet this out it got my mind racing of the possibilities of what it could mean and yeah the first one that jumped to my mind was that these actors are going to be on stage for that panel but yeah either way I mean it's there's gotta be something to this tweet. I mean, they wouldn't just tweet out for nothing with the Celebration logo on there. So yeah, still that's another thing just to make, that makes you gonna be wondering for the next two weeks or so about when we're just anticipating this panel, what's gonna be there. This is definitely one of them where you're just gonna be thinking to yourself, oh man, how awesome would it be if all these actors are there? Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, all together on stage with J.J. J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, and like you said, who knows, maybe some of the new actors for the... who are playing the new characters in The Force Awakens. I mean, I, Maybe it's a little too big. I don't know if all those will be there, but... Uh, for this, I'm just going like way like dream mode right now, <laughs> being <laughs> the ultimate panel of how it's gonna get every Star Wars fan there excited with awesome footage, and then having all these actors there and the director and producer. Man, <laughs> I'm probably going a little bit overboard right now with the possibilities of it. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's exciting nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, whatever they show there, we're gonna lose our minds that morning. Yeah, but. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Like I said, I think the characters being in the footage is probably a more realistic expectation. But if they were to have all of them out there on stage talking about the movie, like who am I to complain about that? That would be awesome to see too.
1: Yeah, not even to talk about. It. I mean, if they could something like they did, uh, like Marvel did at a Comic Con, where they brought out all the actors who were playing the Avengers for like that's like first time they're all like shown together in public. Just to have them there, mm-hmm. like take a bow or something, <laughs> it would be kind of cool to see them all together again. Yeah, that would
0: be pretty cool. Of course, if they're going to do that, I think it would be nice to have some of the new actors there as well. Um, yeah, that's true. Because obviously, they're going to be you know, a, a huge part of the new movie, and that's kind of what this whole thing is is hyping up. Mm.
1: Or it's going to be like uh, featuring like the last time like all these actors and characters will be together <laughs> for this movie. Because like who knows what's going to happen with some of these characters in, in the actual movie and their fate? So this might be the last time they'll all be together. So maybe they'll like kind of have that theme going on or something.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, that that seems like something that would be a little too early for them to hint at. But
1: yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll, not necessarily we'll hint that they'll say anything like that. But that's kind of what they're doing, even though they're not saying anything and not everyone will know it right away type of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, we won't really know that until we see the movie. But mm um i don't know certainly that whole day is just going to be buzzing with whatever new force Awakens stuff we get to see there yeah, and, that's, uh, that starts
1: the day too and like what are, are our oh, minds yeah. be able to comprehend what else we see after that yeah. <laughs>
0: i mean i think really the only other big thing that i've got you know that that i really want to do on thursday is uh seeing attack of the clones in 3d uh, that night. And then there's a couple other things during the day too. I've got the mobile app. Um, I know for, you know, for anyone who's going, uh, you know, if you've got a smartphone, they've got a a smartphone app with the whole schedule on there and you can, uh, you know, mark which panels you want to go to. And then it creates your own little schedule for you. Um, but I mean, what's awesome is that I think each day of celebration, there's, you know, one huge, awesome thing for us to look forward to. So Thursday, it's going to be the force awakens Friday It's going to be Battlefront. Um, And, I mean, if you've listened to the show before, you know how excited the two of us are for this new Battlefront game. Um, I think I'm still more excited for the Force Awakens stuff just because, I mean, come on, it's a new Star Wars movie. The original trilogy cast is getting back together, and that's just going to be awesome to see. But that was a, uh, you know, that was an unexpected surprise a couple years ago when they announced that they're making Episode Seven, But... Star Wars Battlefront two is one of my favorite games of all time. And I've been waiting for a new Battlefront game for years. Um, and so this, this is right up there for me as far as what I'm most excited about at celebration. Um, but we've got some official details on that panel. Now, um, the Battlefront panel is going to be that Friday morning, ten thirty AM. Uh, they said they are going to be showing, uh, the first, uh, new, or, you know, the, the reveal trailer for the game. um, And then uh, later on in the weekend, they're going to have a booth at the show floor. They'll be showing off like some more gameplay footage to fans behind closed doors, Uh, whatever that means, because, um, you know, for all we know, uh, I mean, I'm like, how big is this little booth going to be that they have there? Like, is there going to be the whole separate room that we get to go behind or is it just going to be... I don't know, whatever they're doing there. I, I really hope that we still get a chance to maybe play a demo of it, but even if it's just watching one of the developers play a demo, um, <laughs> suffice it to say, I will be spending a lot of time at this booth down there. Um, but, man, just to see this first trailer at, uh, you know, 10.30 on Friday, and then it'll be releasing online immediately after, um, you know, starwars.ea.com is the website where you can find all the the latest stuff on Battlefront, so be sure to be checking that out Um and, man, yeah, that is going to have me buzzing all day Friday. And, uh, man, I'm I'm just super excited to see what they're coming up with for this.
1: I know. And again, that starts the Friday. <laughs> That's what starts the celebration and for that day. Another big thing with Battlefront. I mean, I'm curious about the trailer is going to be as far as it going to be kind of all, like, CG stuff to kind of like the very first teaser on Haas where we saw uh ATAT shooting down the snow speeder. Or is it going to be kind of like a... This is the real type thing where it's showing actual gameplay uh, footage in the trailer, or they're going to save the gameplay stuff for at their booth, where, like you said, they're going to have like uh, behind closed doors presentations of it, where you'll get to see the actual gameplay stuff for it. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be <laughs> exciting on that Friday, not only to see it, but then to see it in action too, or a developer is going to be playing or... Because I kind of have a feeling they're not going to give anyone hands-on with it just yet, especially if it's said in there that it's behind closed doors. that's probably just means they're going to have a few people in at a time and one of the developers or uh, members at EA that's like demo it off for you and kind of explain what's going on and just show you how it works. But yeah, he's away, man. (laughs) Can't wait to see footage for it finally. game New gameplay footage for a Battlefront game is going to be awesome. And just curious too how much of it... Is it gonna be is it gonna be like certain demos are gonna show different levels or are they just gonna bring one and that's what they're gonna show throughout the whole convention? I'm kinda of thinking it's probably just gonna be one because it'd probably be kinda of take a little bit with the amongst the EA team to or the dice team I should say, to build demos for a few levels. I mean it can be done, but I'm not quite too sure like how under the gun they are to get this out by the end of this year. So I'm kind of expecting just to be a demo of one level, but hoping for a little bit more. <laughs> so, cause that'd be awesome to see the different environments on next, I shouldn't say next gen, but current gen uh, gaming softwares, man. I just can't wait to see a new Star Wars game running on, the new hardware so (laughs) again thursday awesome friday awesome so
0: (laughs) yeah. of course there's still the next gen consoles to me because i don't have one yet but the only question for me is like am i gonna buy an xbox one the day i get back from celebration (laughs) just in anticipation for it or do i wait till closer to the game's release to see if they come out with like one of those special edition bundles where it comes with like you know a special edition star wars xbox with like a stormtrooper helmet on it or something like that Um, they might yeah that that would definitely be something worth waiting for
1: yeah because i know sony just announced like a really cool batman arkham knight like special edition console with like some cool batman logo on there like that'd be awesome to have and if they do one for star wars yeah i mean how could you not want to get that because I already yeah. have the R2 Xbox 360, so it's not like they haven't done it in the past. Yeah, it's like if they
0: can do it for Connect Star Wars, they can do it for Battlefront. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh,
1: don't remind me of that game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just reminded yourself of it. That's where you got the R2 Xbox from. But I,
1: I tried to forget that the game came with it because after like I popped it in twice, I was done with it forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, on the the official press release here, it says all attendees will have a chance to see gameplay behind closed doors during the show at our official booth, along with a few other activities starting that Friday. So I'm like, I don't know what those other few activities are, um, and you know, it says everyone will have a chance to see the gameplay, but it. You know, it's like maybe they'll let a bunch of people in and then a couple people get to play it or something. I don't know. See, that's maybe that's just my dream and me getting my hopes up that I'll actually get to get my hands on it. But even if we don't, I'm just uh, so excited to finally see this. I mean, it's been like almost two years now since they announced that they were making it. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully that's been enough time for them to uh, to really make a good game here because um, I'm sure they probably are under some pressure to get it done in time for the movie release because, at least from some of the rumors and stuff that we've heard, it sounds like there will be uh, you know, a little bit of Force Awakens content in here uh, to sort of tie it in with the movie. And uh, you know, I know just the end of this year is going to be like a Star Wars marketing frenzy with you know all the different uh, merchandise and stuff that's going to be coming out. So I'm sure they want Battlefront to be a part of that. But I think they've also had ample time that, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to have to rush this to, to get it out. Um, so hopefully, I mean, hopefully we'll be blown away by, by what we see there and we'll be like, wow, they've got that much done already. So man, I'm uh, just so excited. Can't wait.
1: Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about them as a developer is just getting the multiplayer, right. Cause like I said before, DICE hasn't had the best track record with their battlefield games like for that. So just get the multiplayer, down, I think if they get that all worked out, the game will be good to go because they usually deliver on the single player front and all that so but you know multiplayer is going to be a big component of battlefront mm-hmm. so
0: well are you, are you are you talking perfect. about are you talking about in terms of like the actual gameplay or in terms of like the you know some of the bugs and the issues yeah, just the bugs had, and like server it, yeah. issues
1: that I think they've had in the past i mean yeah, that's- so- the only thing I'm worried about getting done by the release date.
0: Yeah, hopefully they get that all worked out.
1: But as far um, as celebration goes, we don't have to worry about any of that. We're just going yeah. our mouths are going to be on the floor for what they show us. Exactly.
0: Yeah. By the time we've, uh, you know, by the time we've picked up our jaws off the floor from the stuff we've seen uh, Thursday morning at the Force Awakens panel, they'll be hitting right back on the floor because we'll be, you know, we'll, we'll be in line for the Battlefront panel Friday morning. By the time we recover from that
1: yeah we're gonna um, need people for the whole convention as uh jaw dropper picker uppers or something. <laughs> <laughs> our whole job is to pick up our jaws throughout the or the convention,
0: <laughs> yeah, or you know I might need to like tie some rocks to my shoes to just keep myself from jumping for joy all you know all over the place yeah.
1: <laughs> if I'm screaming. Oh, man. See, we're already getting excited because it's so close for all this stuff. And this is only the two days we talked about so far. (laughs)
0: Yeah, because then on the Saturday, we've got, uh, you know, Saturday is basically Star Wars Rebels Day. Um, We've got the season two preview panel at 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Um, And, uh, you know, of course, that's going to be with Dave Filoni and pretty much the entire cast of the show. Um, you know, Dave Filoni, Freddie Prince Jr., Vanessa Marshall, Tia Carrere, Steve Bloom, Taylor Gray, um, and other special guests. So who knows who, uh, who else will see show up for that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be cool to, to hear all those guys talking about the making of the show. And yeah, um, I mean, it even says here uh, they'll be, or they'll discuss the startling story developments revealed at the end of season one and offer some can't miss exclusive previews of what's to come in season two. Um, and you know, these are the big panels at uh, you know, either celebration or like San Diego comic-con every year where they show the big trailer for the upcoming season and, you know, probably a couple of preview clips and stuff like that. Um, so that'll definitely be, uh, something not to miss. But then also that evening, uh, five o'clock Saturday evening is when they've got the global premiere of Star Wars Rebels season two, which I didn't realize is the first two episodes of the season, which is just even better. Yep. <laughs> um, I guess maybe the first time I read it, I think it was before the end of season one, and I thought they said they were gonna, you know, re- have a repeat showing of. Uh, the two-part season one finale followed by the season two premiere. But they're actually just showing the the final one episode of season one followed by the first two episodes of season two. So that's even better because, um, I mean, we got to see the season five premiere of Clone Wars at the last celebration, but that was, yet yeah, the last two episodes of season four and then the first episode of season five. So to get to see two new episodes on the big screen is just going to be oh, so cool.
1: Yeah, what I love about this day is that you said it, it's Star Wars Rebels Day. We kick it off at 11 o'clock with a preview of season two. I mean, hearing, going to a panel, seeing preview clips, probably hearing all the actors and Dave will only talk about it, getting us, ex, getting us excited for this next season, which normally we go, yeah, it's so awesome. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be a few months down the line. But no, later that same night, we're going to be seeing some of the season two. <laughs> Maybe some of the stuff they will show at their panel will be in the season two premiere and then to get us hyped for it, and then we actually see all of it, man, it's going to be awesome. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> you get hyped up for Season 2 of Star Wars Rebel, then you get to see the first two episodes of it. It's going to be awesome. I mean, I can't wait, especially from what you told me and what you said on the podcast about how the Clone Wars Season 5 premiere went. I just really can't wait. This is probably the second thing I'm the most excited I am for uh, Celebration Anaheim after the Force Awakens panel is the Star Wars Rebels Season 2 premiere. Just to not only see the new episodes but just to be like in a theater amongst a bunch of star wars rebels fans there it's going to be awesome so this is definitely going to be another highlight of the convention for me no doubt like i said this whole star wars rebel day is going to be amazing
0: yeah it's it certainly is going to be really cool the other thing too is uh at some point in the afternoon i think right after the preview panel in the morning um there's also going to be a star wars rebels press conference Um, And Tim and I both have, uh, you know, media press passes to get into the convention. So hopefully at least one of us will get to be there for the press conference and maybe, uh, you know, bring you guys even some more uh, exclusive tidbits and stuff, um, you know, and interviews and stuff like that. Uh, But we'll see. Um, I know last time I was there, I think maybe with just Mike and his wife, Crystal, uh, we were at the Clone Wars uh, press conference at the last celebration, but... Um, I know they sent out some information this time and said, you know, it's going to be big and it's going to be crowded. And so, you know, please only like one person from each media outlet is allowed to attend. So, um, you know, Tim and I might have to settle it over a game of sabak or Dijeric or something like that and figure out who gets to be there for the press conference. But I'll have um, to have an
1: idiot's array on my sleeve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, just, um, the only know.
1: downside of the only downside I noticed about the Star Wars Rebels season two premiere, this is probably the only big like conflict I'm gonna have with another uh, panel that's gonna be going on. That sounds really cool. Whereas like uh, Mark Hamill and James Arnold Taylor are doing one together. Some about it's mainly about the voices, like voice acting and that type of stuff. But it sounds really cool to have both of them kind of going over like the uh, voice acting career. It should be really cool. It's called a uh, double feature. Talking to myself, starring James Arnold Taylor and Mark Hamill. So. That would sound I definitely want to see But it's like At 6 o'clock Where the Star Wars Rebels Season 2 premiere Ends at 6.30 So Maybe you could sneak Into the end of that But that sounds like Something that'd be really cool If you're not able to get To the Star Wars Rebels Season 2 premiere Oh
0: man Are you serious I didn't even see that So that must be something They've added recently It
1: wasn't Yeah it wasn't in the Original uh, Release of the schedule It was one of those Coming soon things And I think just a few days ago Or earlier this week It got put on there Oh Okay Um so it was like, uh, like oh, yeah, one myself, Like, this man. really can't compare where, like, for me anyway, the Star Wars Rebels Season 2 premiere, but then again, it's like Mark Hamill and James oh, Earl
0: but it's, well, you know what, though? No, see, this is from 6 to 8. And, because I'm looking at it on the schedule right now, this is from 6 to 8, and the Rebels panel is, the Rebels premiere is 5 to 6.30. um, And, it, yeah, it's a double feature of... Uh, James Arnold Taylor's one man stage show that he does called talking to myself. And then I guess he's going to interview Mark Hamill right after that. Um,
1: Oh, so we could make it for the Mark Hamill interview.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And looking at the information on the website here, it says there will be a one seating for the two shows and a 15 minute intermission in between. Um, If additional seating is available for Mark Hamill, those seats will be filled during intermission. So yeah, hopefully we can at least get in for Mark Hamill's panel right after uh, the Rebels premiere. And actually, you know what? This is exactly what they did last year, um, although I think maybe James Arnold Taylor's thing must have been somewhere else because I remember, I'm pretty sure I remember being there for that uh, la- at the last celebration, And except uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else he did at like Star Wars Weekends at Disney World one year I was there or something like that. But anyway, I remember going to the Clone Wars premiere and then going straight from there into the Mark Hamill uh, you know, interview panel thing, whatever he's doing. So, um, yeah, and I, I think we should hopefully be able to get into that this time as well. Um, if they can manage the lines at this celebration, hopefully better than they did at the last one because <laughs> – you know, at, at the last one, I remember getting out of the the Clone Wars premiere, standing in line for Mark Hamill's panel, and having the people you know managing the lines and stuff telling us that it was full and that we weren't going to get in. But then we got in anyway, and there were like plenty of seats still in the section behind us. And I was like, Why did they think this was full? Like, did they even bother to check? So yeah,
1: well, that makes me feel better because those are ch- at least have a chance now to see both. Because yeah. when I first looked on it, I thought, well, it was conflicting. Like. uh Maybe I should have like, I, like you said, this had all the details in there I didn't actually read it until just now, like you were saying as it, so it's like eh, maybe baby shouldn't get too excited about it and not know all the details since I'm probably not gonna be seeing it anyway, but now that you're saying it's kind of a double feature and a split uh. Thing in that theater, which gives me hope that I could see both. So, yeah, although I guess the force works in our favor.
0: The, the one other disappointing thing for me is that, uh, there's also a Star Wars The Old Republic event happening Saturday night that I was planning to go to straight after the, um, you know, the Rebels premiere. But if it's between that and Mark Hamill, now I'm suddenly like, oh, I might have to stay there and go to the Mark Hamill thing. But I don't know if I can't get into that, then you know, I can go head over to the other thing. But, um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You know, unfortunately celebration and Comic-Con and all that kind of stuff, it's one of those things where um, you know, they release the schedule ahead of time. You look at all this stuff and there's so much cool stuff to do and you fill up your schedule and think, "Oh, I'm going to do this, 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 this and this." And then when it actually comes around, uh, you know, you spend so much time just like hanging out with people and walking around on the show floor and buying stuff and eating and waiting in line for the big panels and stuff that uh you know, a lot, there are a lot of the smaller panels and stuff that you end up just skipping, but, um, you know, you never have time to do anything or to do everything that you want to do. But, um, man, just yeah, as long, as long as you hit some of the bigger stuff and, uh, you know, get to be there for, for the really cool stuff um, and just being there in general for just this huge event with all these Star Wars fans is just going to be awesome.
1: And unfortunately, it's probably going to be a problem a lot of people have with a lot of panels that are going to be going on at Celebration and I'm Picking and choosing which ones you really want to see and make that hard choice of the ones you're going to have to skip.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I already know. I've got like a couple other conflicts too. Um, oh, because also Thursday, I believe it's Thursday. You know, I'm just going to check my app on my phone real quick instead of looking at the website because I've got my, uh, you know, my – panels that I want to go to already picked out on here um yeah so Thursday afternoon at 3 30 um there's a panel called the Unto- the untold clone wars with Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo and they're just going to be talking about yeah. a bunch of the stories that they never got to produce for clone wars and how that would have gone I'm like I absolutely have to be there for that yeah, but that's at the issue. same time as Ian McDermott's panel which I would also like to be there for but I'm like yeah sorry I gotta go find out what would have happened on the clone wars
1: exactly yeah i saw that too but that wasn't as big as the mark hamill james arnold taylor one for me i was like yeah what is i would have went to ian mcdermott but yeah the clone wars is a must see one (laughs) where especially for big fans like us like we have to go to there that's a must that's a must-see panel (laughs) that you can't miss
0: yeah um but yeah like i said i mean there's always going to be conflicts you're never going to get to do everything but we're going to have an awesome time there regardless um now, not as much big stuff happening Sunday although there will be a panel with uh Josh Trank and Gareth Edwards who are directing the first two standalone films um so that should also be something uh, you know pretty cool I don't know how much information they're actually going to reveal about the movies but maybe they'll give us a couple more details about Rogue One um and you know maybe just tell us like the era or the time period that it's set in or uh you know maybe confirm any more castings or anything like that so um yeah i I know i'm definitely planning to go to go to that on sunday
1: yeah that one was actually kind of surprising to me because we when we're so close to the event now that without all the big stuff was announced already and that one um got announced not too long ago and it was a pretty big thing for the standalone movies to have a presence there i mean because you know the force awakens would we knew star wars rebels would and battlefront but the standalone film is always kind of up in the air for me, and now we know that they will have some presence there. It's pretty cool. I mean, to have both directors, especially Josh Trank, who whose movie's not coming out until uh, for the 2016. Or not 2016, though did they announce the date for that one? I've, now I'm for, getting confused on that? it. Josh Trank, so the 2017
0: or um, 18 maybe? No, his, his should be 2018. I don't know if they announced the specific date for it, but... Yeah, Force Awakens is 15. Yeah, you're right. Rogue One is 16. Then Episode 8 is 17. Josh Trank's film would be 18. And then Episode 9 in 2019.
1: Yeah, okay, there you go. Okay, got my date straightened out. So, (laughs) Um, Who knows how much we're going to hear about his movie, but I'm guessing for Rogue One, we're probably going to see that uh, concept art that Bob Iger showed at the investors meeting that they had that was only showed to them. We'll probably get that. And maybe I'm kind of hoping for some more concept art and just little like production stuff like that, and not necessarily like too big details, but just kind of give us a sneak preview of what Rogue One's gonna be about. So, yeah, that's another big one to look forward to on Sunday. Like I said, each day's got covered with something big, and Sunday is the standalone film. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's another thing to be super excited for.
0: Yeah, I mean the other big thing about this, it's not just them, but. Um, If you read the description here, it says, Kathleen Kennedy, Kiri Hart, and Pablo Hidalgo will be joined by directors Gareth Edwards and Josh Trank, who will share their experiences as the newest members of the Lucasfilm creative family, learn how the teams came together and are collaborating to conceive and create the upcoming standalone films in a galaxy far, far away. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was surprised to hear that Kathleen Kennedy is still going to be around on Sunday. Um, And I don't know if she's actually going to be on site for the whole convention or if he's just coming thursday and sunday for those two panels but um either way i'm like yeah there there should definitely be some uh some good insight and uh interesting information there at that panel even if they don't really tell us much about the actual stories of the films it'll be cool to hear uh just all those filmmakers talking about uh, just sort of the directions that they're going with the spin off films totally yeah um, and then also happening on Sunday is going to be uh, the Rebels podcast panel with uh, Mike and Matt from the Rebels podcast, but Tim and I will also be uh, part, of that pod- part of that panel as well. So um, that is going to be 1.30 on Sunday, um, and then of course we got the closing ceremonies at, uh, I want to say, 3.30, um, and they always have some kind of surprise up their sleeve uh for the closing ceremony sometimes it's big sometimes it's not that big um i think at celebration 6 the you know the only information they revealed well i guess the the two big things was the date and location of celebration Europe 2 which was then in you know that was like the next year in 2013 i think um they announced that there at the closing ceremonies but then they also showed uh, a 3D preview of uh, you know, some footage from Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith in 3D and announced uh, release dates for those films, which of course has since changed drastically, but um, hopefully we'll be able to get in and see episodes two and three in 3D at this convention. So that's something else I'm super excited about. but um, you know it should be interesting to see uh, what they end up uh, you know saving for the last day um, as sort of their their last reveal to, to send us off with. Um, I'm guessing it'll have something to do with these digital releases that we've heard a lot about. Um, that's just my guess that, you know, maybe that Sunday afternoon they'll say, oh, and by the way, like you can go home right now and download star, you know, all the star Wars movies on, on iTunes or, uh, wherever else they're going to release it. Um, and we'll actually talk about that a little bit later cause we got another rumor about that, but, um, I don't know. That's just my guess. Maybe it'll be something else or maybe they'll just say, Hey, thanks for coming and show the, Force Awakens and Battlefront and Rebels trailers again, and I would go home perfectly happy with that. Too.
1: <laughs> I'm kind of wondering too if they'll kind of announce some like confirmed future celebration plans because they always do that uh, the closing ceremonies for almost every celebration recently where they announce the next one. But given how this is a new era of Star Wars and with all these movies coming out, I wonder if they're having like set plans already for future celebrations, like another one in Europe or even Japan, even or the next one here in the States just like get those days confirmed for each movie release. Like they're going to plan something like that for like the standalone films, maybe the standalone film movie years, maybe that'll be like where celebrations are held in other countries. And then for the episode films, they'll be here held here in the States, like have some confirmed details about that. So yeah, I'm expecting some more celebration news uh, for the closing ceremonies, but just Sunday in general, I mean, Sunday for conventions aren't usually the most like action packed days really, but This one, for us, it's going to be awesome. I mean, we've talked about the standalone film panel, but I'm also really excited to be part of the Rebels podcast uh, panel at the podcast stage at Celebration. It's going to be really fun, I imagine, just getting to recap the events that happened at Celebration. I think Sunday is the perfect day to be doing the podcast panel because everything would have happened by then, and we can just talk about all the cool stuff we've seen at the convention so i'm really excited about that so sunday's going to be an awesome day to close out what's already i'm sure going to be three amazing days of star wars goodness so (laughs) it's going to go out with a bang
0: yeah definitely now obviously yeah like you said that's that's going to be kind of the least action-packed day um it's definitely going to be the day where everybody's tired from uh, you know, just Star Wars overload from the previous three days and getting up early to wait in lines for panels and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it should still be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the that's a good point about the Rebels uh, podcast panel, too, that uh, that should actually be pretty fun to have on Sunday because I know at the last uh, celebration we were at when we did the Clone Wars podcast panel – Um, I think that we had that on the first day that was either like Thursday or Friday, but it wasn't, Yeah, it it was before we had seen the, the season five premiere. Um, so we didn't really get to talk about that. We were just talking about, uh, like what some of our favorite episodes were and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I imagine we'll spend the better part of this hour long panel just geeking out about, uh, the season two premiere and whatever cool stuff they show at that preview panel.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be enough time, that's for sure. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, an hour, definitely. yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, that whole weekend is just going to be awesome. You can tell we're super excited about it. Um, hopefully, we'll get to meet some of you guys there as well. Um, you know, for any of our listeners, uh, if you are going to Star Wars Celebration um, and want to meet up with us there and uh, say hi and get to meet in person, uh, you know, certainly let us know. Uh, send us a message a message on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Um and of course, you know, we'll post all our, our contact info at the end of the show like we usually do. Um but yeah, I mean hopefully we get to, to meet some of you guys there. We'll also be there with just a big group of, of fellow, you know, friends and Star Wars podcasters and uh I'm sure we're just gonna have a blast over there.
1: Yeah, that's another great thing about celebration too that I'm excited for. Just getting to be with all like our Star Wars friends that we've made over the years, few years we've been doing this podcast. I mean get to see you again i mean you and me met earlier this year which was cool and then just getting to see mike and matt uh, together for the first time I, mean, I think they've never been together for a podcast or anything <laughs> or in the same room since they started so to so be podcasting with them is going to be cool and then some of our other friends and then friends i've made on twitter i know who are going to, to get the chance to meet all these star wars fans this is going to be a big highlight for celebration so just another thing to add <laughs> to why yeah. the celebration is going
0: to be awesome. Yeah, and like I said, even though we're all going to be you know crazy running around, doing lots of stuff, you'll get plenty of time to just talk and hang out and bond with people, if nothing else, while you're just waiting in line for the big yeah. panels. Um, yeah, I mean, there there was nothing at Celebration 6 where we had to like wait in line for hours or wait overnight or anything like that. I know at Celebration 5 when they had – uh, you know, the the big main event where they actually had a, an interview with George Lucas um, on the main stage. I know people were like camped out overnight for that. Um, but at the last one, I mean, the that stuff wasn't too bad. And I don't think we ever waited in line for anything for more than like an hour or two hours, maybe. Um, but either way, I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, just, just being in that atmosphere around a ton of Star Wars fans and seeing all the cool new stuff that we're going to see uh, is just going to be so much fun. Um, and we can just start counting down the days now. Um, also just so you guys know, I am going to be road tripping out there, uh, with our friend Jason hunt from the Wampus layer podcast. Uh, and we'll be leaving on Wednesday, coming back Sunday night. And we might record a couple of short podcast episodes just in the car on that drive. Um, <laughs> you know, I, we, we hung out a couple days ago and I kind of threw the idea out with him, um, that, you know, maybe on the way there, uh, we'll, you know, it's going to be like an eight hour drive or something, but we'll maybe just take like one hour, um, and maybe record ourselves just kind of talking some, some general star Wars and being excited for celebration and maybe post that as an episode of the Womba's Lair. And then on the way back, uh, you know, talk about all the, the news and the cool stuff that we saw there at celebration and maybe, uh, you know, post that as a, a special episode of the saga continues. Um, but of course, Tim, I'm sure you and I are also probably going to record at least one podcast episode while we're there um
1: yeah we're just gonna have to get all our excitement out some way <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i don't, yeah,
0: I don't know stuff. at what point that's gonna be i'm like because you know we, we primarily try to focus on episode seven stuff i'm like we could just do it thursday as soon as we've seen
1: yeah the, the new <laughs> really? trailer
0: but i'm like man but then we're gonna see battlefront the morning right after that so maybe we should wait for that um Yeah, maybe that's what we should do, because then, you know, of course, we'll want to talk about the the Rebels premiere, too, but we'll get to do that on the Rebels podcast panel on Sunday. So, um, yeah, maybe sometime Friday or Saturday we'll we'll record uh, an episode and try to get that out for you guys, um, you know, either while we're at Celebration or as soon as we get back. Um, But, yeah, man, it's just going to be four days long remembered.
1: Oh, man. That's for sure. And we could say it's just days away now, not just not weeks, not months, not a year and a half from now. It's days away.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it's let's see. Today's Saturday. So we got 12 days left. So yeah, it's going to be so good. But, um, all right, let, let's get to our regularly scheduled, uh, you know, news and rumors and stuff, <laughs> which we don't have too much of this week. Um, and of course, you know, we, we had a lot of celebration news and developments and stuff to talk about. So we wanted to spend the bulk of this episode talking about that stuff, especially since, like I said, this is going to be our last episode until celebration. Um, so the next time you hear from us, will probably be while we're there, uh, just squealing with joy at, uh, <laughs> you know.
1: Trying to make sense of it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, our, our next episode will just be unintelligible. Episode 7 Battlefront! Kylo Ren! Likes it.
1: Luke! Chewie! Oh, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but it'll all be worth it. <laughs>
0: uh, it will definitely be worth it. Um but yeah so uh, like I was saying not not a whole lot of big stuff to cover this week. Um also just so you guys know we're we're kind of starting to steer away from uh some of the Force Awakens rumors a little bit. I know a, a big staple of our podcast so far has been talking about um you know all the the rumored from, from the very beginning, the, the rumored castings and stuff like that, um, all the way up to, you know, the leaked concept art and some of the uh, rumored scene descriptions and all that kind of stuff. Um, but as we get closer and closer to the movie, uh, some of that stuff is probably becoming more and more accurate um, as, you know, the film has wrapped uh, production now. And, uh, you know, some of these sources are, are getting info from people who've actually worked on the movie and are starting to see it get pieced together. Um, and also the fact that we just don't have that long to wait now, um, especially with celebration coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm like, I'm really not all that crazy about, uh, you know, reading rumors for it when I can just wait a couple weeks to see a new trailer. Like that's going to, uh, you know, satisfy my, my curiosity and my hunger for, for new force awakens information when we get that trailer. Um, but now we're starting to get into that same kind of period with Rogue one. Um, and, you know, in, in the coming weeks and months, we'll be hearing probably a lot more of those same kind of early rumors uh, that we heard about Episode Seven. You know, I mean, we're already hearing casting rumors now, and, uh, you know, there'll be plenty more down the line um, about, you know, plot rumors and and all that kind of stuff. So we're probably going to shift into that a little bit more and just try to stay out of super spoiler-ish territory for The Force Awakens, but we'll see. You know, every once in a while, I'm sure there'll still be something juicy that'll pop up that we'll have to talk about, but... Uh, We'll just kind of take everything as it comes and uh, see what we want to do with it. Um, But for now, uh, one piece of uh, Episode 7 news that we do have is that uh, John Williams is currently composing the score for The Force Awakens. um, And they announced on StarWars.com he's composing it and he'll record it in Los Angeles, which is going to be a first for the series because he's recorded the scores for all the other films um, with the London Symphony Orchestra at Abbey Road Studios. Um, And this is going to be the first time that he's recording a score in the United States um but of course you know at his age that's like a long way for him to travel from home and all that kind of stuff so that's uh you know certainly understandable i hope that doesn't really have uh an effect on um you know sort of the the quality of the music and i do really don't think it will obviously it's still going to be john williams writing it and it's still going to be some world class musicians that he's working with that are going to that are gonna be composing it so i don't think it'll uh make too much of a difference for us in uh, you know, just hearing this music for the first time, but uh, you know, it's just exciting to know that uh, that he's composing it and working on it right now. Um, And like I said, that's kind of one of the, the elements of a new star Wars movie that's, one of the most exciting but also one of the ones that kind of slips your mind a little bit until you actually hear some of that music like in a trailer or something and then you go oh yeah new star wars movie means a whole new star wars soundtrack and new themes and all that kind of stuff so that's just more exciting stuff to think about
1: yeah totally uh going to what you said about well uh, wondering if uh quality of it will be any different and i'm actually not worried about that at all i mean as long as I'm confident John Williams is going to compose some awesome themes and new music for it. And like you said, I'm sure he's going to get awesome musicians to record the music. Would. So that's not a worry for me I have about it. But yeah, I mean, we reported on a few episodes ago where it looked like he was going to go back to uh, the UK and record over there again, just to kind of keeping the Star Wars tradition. But we don't know. That's not the case. We will be doing it in Los Angeles. And kind of what you said, I mean, it really doesn't matter to me where he records it. I mean, it's just awesome to know that he's working on it right now. We're, pretty soon we'll be hearing some new Star Wars music. And I'm wondering, too, if any of it uh, will be in the new trailer we got for The Force Awakens, kind of how the teaser trailer had some new music. I wonder if this one's going to have new music, too. So, again, oh, we'll I find out in less than two weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You say that again, and I'm just like, yes, it's so close. Yep. <laughs>
1: oh man yeah so nothing i think too like earth shattering about this announcement of him being in los angeles i think when it's all said and done it's not really gonna matter where he recorded it. it's gonna be good
0: no matter what yeah definitely um and also uh you know sort of related to that we've also got uh, another piece of music news and this is that Uh, composer Alexandre Desplat, uh, if that's... Oh, you said that. Very nice. (laughs) Uh, Well, I did take four years of French in high school. It's good to know Ah, I still get some use out of it. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he's going to be composing the music for Star Wars Rogue One, um, which, you know, it's interesting because that's something I didn't really think about, although it makes perfect sense that John Williams is not going to do the score for every single Star Wars movie coming out in the next you know, in, in the future, including the spinoffs. Cause uh, you know, that's just a lot of movies to write music for. Um, but I guess I didn't really think about until now the fact that somebody else would probably be doing the music for, for the spinoff films or, you know, try to guess at who that might be. Um, but this guy I think is a great choice. He does a lot of movies. He actually just recently, I think just this past year won an Academy award for one of the films that he did. Um, but it's crazy. If you go look up his list of credits, um, I mean, I've seen at least a couple of movies before that he's done the music for and, uh, you know, I, I certainly like his work, but when I realize just how many films he's done recently, um, I mean, it's, it's nuts. He does, I think he's done anywhere from like three to like five or six films a year for, for the past few years. I'm like, man, Jeez. how do you have time to do yeah. that much? Um, but it certainly is, uh, you know, it, it's it's quality work. It's not like he's just cranking out, uh, you know, stock music or, you know, just sort of just simple uh, ambient type stuff that you can just uh, use over and over again. Like, he's winning Academy Awards for this stuff. And I think the first time I ever heard of him was he did the music for the last two Harry Potter movies, um, which, you know, I, I thought was pretty good. So um, I, I certainly think he's a, a great choice to you know, be working on one of these spinoff films, who knows if he'll sort of be, uh, in the future, if they'll just continue to use him. Um, and, you know, maybe it'll be John Williams doing the, the music for the main episodes, uh, for as long as he can keep, keep doing it. And then, uh, Alexander doing, uh, the music for all the spinoff films or whatever, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if he'll be doing that continuously or if he'll keep having new composers come in for, for the different spinoff films and whatnot. That should be pretty interesting to see. But at least for now, I think he's uh, he's definitely a good choice.
1: Yeah, when I first heard this, I gotta be honest and say, when I saw the name it, I didn't know who it was really, but then like you said, when you look back on the credits that he's done he's done a lot of movies and of course I think the main reason why he's, why he's doing Rogue One is because he worked with Gareth Edwards on Godzilla and when I saw Godzilla, I gotta say, the music didn't really stand out to me at all. I'm not saying it was bad or anything. It just, it was like the type of score that didn't have like the melodies or like themes that got stuck in your head or whatnot. At least for me, it didn't. So, um, but I've heard from a lot of people or Star Wars fans who know about him. And uh, when they saw this news, they were saying, oh, yeah, he's a great choice. I mean, he's kind of all over the place. Like, he can, with this type of music that he does in the movies that he Uh, scores like for dramas like action movies like he can do it all so um it's definitely something i'm not worried about i mean he seems like he has a great track record people uh, seem to speak very highly of him as a composer so but i think this is kind of a one-time thing i think he's only gonna be doing rogue one because of gareth edwards and probably since gareth edwards uh is directed this movie and he Obviously, he had a good relationship with him when they scored or worked on Godzilla together, and he wanted to bring him back. So I'm kind of thinking right now he's only here because of Gareth Edwards and not necessarily like a standalone composer now. That's probably going to be the director's choice, I would imagine, for these standalone films as far as who they want to work with. So it's going to be interesting to have a new live-action Star Wars film that has a different composer because we had the clone wars movie with kevin kinder but as far as live action goes this is going to be a first someone else doing the music besides john williams but i'm definitely excited to hear what uh, he's going to do and i'm kind of don't want to say his name now because you said it so perfectly <laughs> i think, uh, won't do it justice so <laughs> i'll leave that to you but i'm excited to hear yeah. it
0: well, well you you can say it however you want and uh, you know pardon my french yeah <laughs> oh, there you go a perfect way um... But, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at his list of credits right here. Like, in 2014, he did the music for The Monuments Men, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Godzilla, The Imitation Game, and Unbroken. So. Um, yeah,
1: like you said, how did he have time for all
0: that? I have no idea. But as far as I can remember, like, those are five pretty high profile films that were all, um, you know, either were well received or at least had, like, some big budgets and big names attached to them and whatnot. So. Um, yeah, and I, I think you do have a good point there about him working with uh, Gareth Edwards on Godzilla, and that was probably uh, why they chose him for this one. But whether or not he returns for more spinoff films, I think, is also going to depend on um, just how well of a job he does for for this first one um, and how well received it is by the fans, how well the people at Lucasfilm like it. Um, because then even if you know Gareth Edwards isn't directing future movies – Um, If they really like uh, the music that he does and they want to keep sort of a consistent sound and the musical themes and all that kind of stuff, they might just, uh, you know, bring him back to do more. Because I certainly don't think uh, it seems like he would be too busy for it (laughs) because with with all the ones that he's done,
1: he'll squeeze it in somewhere in his schedule. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, in 2011, he did seven films. Wow. So, Yeah. Man, that's crazy <laughs> I mean I don't know if he's actually recording all of these with orchestras or if he's you know doing some of them electronically or I mean maybe the guy's just some sort of super genius who has time to you know work and have a social life and a family and all this normal stuff and then just like writes symphonies on his eyelids while he sleeps or something <laughs> I don't know but uh, yeah I mean, maybe he's got a clone maybe he's from Camino.
1: Yeah, that's where he's going to compose the score for Rogue One. <laughs> we solved that mystery. <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, I mean, whatever it is, he, he certainly has done a lot of work on a lot of, uh, you know, solid films. So yeah. uh, I've mean, got Godzilla on Blu ray. I
1: saw it in the theater, I got it on Blu ray, but I haven't watched it yet. But when I do, I'm going to be definitely paying more attention to the music now <laughs> than I did when I saw it in the theater.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I sort of remember the music a little bit, but it certainly is not one of those soundtracks that, like, jumps out at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's more than capable of of doing those type of soundtracks.
1: Totally, yeah. Yeah, especially when you look at his track record, like you, like you mentioned in all those movies he's out there, just yeah. in just one year. He has a
0: very sound track record. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where's my rim shot? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I was pretty proud of myself for that one. Anyway, uh our next uh rumor also involving Rogue One. Um uh, we've got a casting rumor. Um it and is. That is, uh, yet another actor that I don't know about you, but I've never heard of this guy. But uh, his name's Ben Mendelson, uh orbiting Star Wars spinoff Rogue One. Um and this comes from Deadline, uh, and you know, I've seen this. Popping up a couple other places too, but um, they're saying that he is uh, sort of in contention for the lead role starring alongside Felicity Jones. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it says he's Australian. He's been in Exodus, Gods and Kings, killing them softly. Apparently he was in The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, they've yeah, got a picture of him here. He doesn't look familiar, but...
1: He's like, at least in the movies I've seen him, which like the only Dark Knight Rising. and I just recently saw Exodus, so... He plays, like, those type of characters that uh, you like to hate. <laughs> <He's>, like <laughs> doesn't usually play a good guy. In Dark Knight Rises, he played Daggett, um, the guy who was trying to get in on TakeOver Wayne Industries through Bane. So he plays that, and then he huh. played like, an Egyptian who's trying to gain power, too, in Exodus, Gods and Kings. So he's, like, one of those uh, characters that, like, you just those characters who's like sleazy and you can't root for it's always looking out for themselves and trying to gain more power so it's interesting if he will be playing a good guy in rogue one because the only movies i've seen him is are like villain type roles so but he's an actor he's a funny actor too i mean in dark knight rises he (laughs) he had some funny lines in there that make you laugh a little bit so curious to see if he is end up in rogue one what type of character he'll play Hmm.
0: well i'll have to go back and watch that movie again then because i don't remember him in there um but, like you'll
1: pick him up right when you watch it yeah. Like, Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure like, I Man, I can't will. see this type of like character in Star Wars. It'd be something different.
0: Yeah, but I mean, so maybe he is going to be playing the main villain, or maybe they're just going to, you know, go against his uh, his typecast sort of and uh, uh, you know give him a chance to play one of the main heroes or whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, a- as we said so often uh, with our early Force Awakens rumors, we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yep, good to be saying that again with Rogue
0: One. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and wait and see if he gets cast or not, and not wait and see if this super spoilers rumor turns out to actually be a real spoiler.
1: Yeah, maybe um, we'll find out that. Uh- uh, celebration, Maybe that'll be something Gareth Edwards reveals or Kathy Kennedy there.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like I said, maybe they'll announce some more casting news or something like that. Um, now, we've also got a list of uh, Rogue One rumors uh, from makingstarwars.net. Um, you know, of course, even though we're kind of staying away from the Episode 7 stuff, it seems like we've always got something from these guys on one of our episodes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they've they've got a list of... Uh, You know, rumor details here. Um, They say Rogue One still has a few months before it goes in front of cameras. Uh, Felicity Jones is the main character. Uh, We heard some rumors about Aaron Paul earlier, and they say he isn't out yet. Uh, One source says he's in, others aren't so sure. Um, The other role is the companion character to Felicity Jones' character. I'm guessing they're talking about, uh, you know, the role that Aaron Paul might be up for. Um, yeah they say Paul is up for the companion character. Um, it heavily involves an agricultural planet, uh dantooine maybe mm. yeah I don't know. It's best it especially um, involves
1: those death Star plans. That could be a planet that plays a role in there since Princess Leia mentioned it.
0: Oh, that is true. Um, yeah, they say the Death Star plans are involved. Uh, ben Mendelssohn is most likely playing a character called The Scientist. Um, That's got to be the final name. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, just like they posted uh, some rumors a while back and said um, – you know, they listed some character names of like some of the, the rebel slash republic characters in The Force Awakens and one of them was named Rebel Admiral or Rebel General or something like that. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> There's going to be high-ranking military officials in this movie? What?
1: That's what I was gonna say on the toy box too. <laughs> the <laughs> scientist rebel general. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, if if Star Wars can name people as insignificant as, uh, I and mean, what's the name of the? I'm thinking of like the prune face guy. Um, just because I know they did oh, a bit face? on him. In no, no, no. The it's in one of the robot chickens. Um, and I forget, this guy's either in the cantina or he's in Jabba's palace, but he's got, like, just this Oh, got big, the patch on his eyes. Ugly-shaped head, yeah, and, like, yeah, an eye patch. It. And he's got a name, but everybody just calls him Prune Face. Yeah. <laughs> um And I only know that because of Robot Chicken. Like, I had never even noticed this character before. But then after that, I think I did spot him uh, somewhere in the movies at one point. But anyway, I'm sure that character's got a name. Um, and, you know, they, they've got names for everybody from... Uh, you know, Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes and Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazan and all these other people, you know. So even as as minor and insignificant as this rebel admiral or the scientist might be, like, they're going to have names.
1: Or it could be like a Mamonadon type thing where still, you're still kind of called Hammerhead by people and other people call him Mamonadon. And maybe this will happen with, like, the scientist and his real name. Like, mm-hmm. there will be hardcore fans who won't call him anything else but Hammerhead or the scientist <laughs> just like that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, see, nobody calls, I don't know, Ton Wee the scientist.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um tan the cloner, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, Boba Fett's like, Dad, Ton Wee's here.
1: So, uh, Dexter Justice does call them cloners, so maybe not technically scientists, but... Well, scientists.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're
1: going way off track
0: here. <laughs> yep, uh, as we tend to do. Okay. Um, But so, you know, getting back to the list here They say the scientist knows the Death Star is wrong um, So, you know, maybe he does play a, a kind of bad character In that, you know, maybe he's an Imperial scientist Working on the Death Star and then defects Because he's like, man, I don't want to build a machine That blows up planets mm-hmm. Um, And then something interesting they see here the uh, Geonosians are responsible for the prototype and construction uh, Nothing has been retconned um,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, it pains me that they still have to post this because there's still fans out there who are hoping elements from the prequels get retconned. Like, it's not happening. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, but see, this seems like a minor detail that's like, why would you, I mean, are there people that want that to get retconned? I'm I don't know. sure there are. Um, sure there I mean, well, the, the one thing that was interesting to me is I never really thought of Geonosians as being responsible for the construction of the Death Star. We know that uh, you know, uh, Dooku is looking at the prototype, you know, the, the holographic plans, um, on Geonosis with Poggle the Lesser. Um, but I guess it never really occurred to me that maybe the Geonosians were the ones who actually built the Death Star that we see in the movie, um, because there's so much stuff in the EU about, um, the empire using slave labor and especially Wookiees and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah,
1: well, at least the early like concepts of the Death Star, I think, at least I've always took it that the oceans were involved, especially because uh, Poggle was the one who brought it up to Duco. He's was like, you better take this. If they find out what we're doing, <laughs> like, we'll be ruined. So, like, he heavily knew what was going on with the construction of that, at least the early stages of it. Maybe when it got past those early stages, then, like, the Empire used, like, slave labor and different species to get it done, it's like, the actual physical version of the Death Star. But who knows? Maybe we'll find out in Rogue One. <laughs> I mean, if these rumors pan out, like... We've been hearing for a while now that the Death Star plans and the Death Star is going to be involved somehow in it. So, again, maybe another thing we'll find out at Celebration, (laughs) hopefully.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, again, it's it's kind of surprising that they even point this out because it's like if Rogue One takes place sometime between episodes three and four um, and does have to do with the Death Star plans, like I still would... I mean, unless there's still going to be Geonosians there building it. I mean, I wouldn't even think that, uh, you know, where the plans came from even. Or maybe the the plans are still at Geonosians. That's
1: where they have to go in the movie.
0: Yeah, Maybe, but somehow I doubt that. Um, Especially because in episode three, you see Palpatine looking at them um, on his desk. And so it's like, you know, once the, the Geonosians gave him to Dooku, Dooku gave him to Palpatine. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Separatists lost the Clone Wars and, uh, you know, sort of the Empire took over. So I, I wouldn't expect them to still be on Geonosis unless they have to go back there and look for clues or something like mm. that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that certainly would be an interesting twist just because, like I said, I, I hadn't really considered that at all. So um, I guess we'll see where that goes.
1: I wouldn't mind seeing Geonosis again. I always like that
0: planet. So Yeah, I I wouldn't necessarily either, Um, especially to kind of see what state it's in during the Empire, you know, the the Rise of the Empire era. I mean, I'm sure it's still red and rocky, and there's not a whole lot going on, but... um, You
1: see a lot of broken battle droids lying on the floor. (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. In fact, I mean, even when we saw it again in the Clone Wars TV series, at first I was like, man, really, like, of all the the cool planets they could have picked to do a really big battle. Like we're just going back to Geonosis again. Um, and I wasn't that excited about it at first, but of course those ended up being some of the best episodes of the whole series. So um, to see it again in the aftermath of that could be kind of cool. Although I would guarantee you that's not the agricultural planet. They're talking about. <laughs> in these
1: it had a massive overhaul that planet. <laughs> so
0: too. Yeah. That, that was all just some, Red, you know, super genetically modified soil fertilizer kind of stuff. And then it all started growing.
1: There's the plot for Rogue One. How Geonosius <laughs> changed from that desert rock land to an agricultural planet. <laughs> how exciting would that be?
0: Oh, so it's like the whole planet went rogue. That's the Rogue yeah. one. <laughs> There you go.
1: And we can even go further into EU lore with that novel Rogue Planet. That Obi Wan and Anakin went to <laughs> that goes into to, plays into the use on Vong and all that stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, now man, that's, way out
0: that's <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I remember hearing about that. I never read
1: that. Yeah, I actually read it uh, like around 2008, because I've never read the new uh, Jedi Order book series yet. And I wanted to get in, start getting into that. But I know Rogue Planet was took place during like after episode one, but it set things up that involved the use on Vong and some stories later on. So I read that first and then never really finished or got too far into the new Jedi order books, which now I'm not too worried about since they're all legends.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Isn't, um, there's another one kind of like that, isn't there? It's a, Oh, outbound flight. And I think that like takes place during the clone wars, but it ties into the Thrawn trilogy or something like that. Maybe. Did Timothy Zahn write that one? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And I think somewhere in the Thrawn trilogy, they mentioned like the outbound flight project
1: that's possible. I remember the title outbound flight, but I'm not too sure on the details of it.
0: Yeah, that's that's one trilogy that even though it's legends I still want to read the Thrawn trilogy at some point.
1: Yeah, it's almost like those ones like you have to read because <laughs> it's like yeah. a pivotal moment in Star Wars history. Yeah. The Star definitely. Wars fandom history, not even like the canon level stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then to to see, you know, it'll just kind of be interesting to see how much the new stuff differs from that, but also to see if they incorporate any elements from it at all.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, definitely by the time after episode nine comes out, we should definitely go back and read it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, maybe, and I have heir to the empire and I still haven't, like I've started reading it. I haven't gotten all the way through it, but um, I don't know. Maybe when we come back from celebration, I'll be so excited that I'll be like, man, I can't have episode seven right now. I'll just have to read something that takes place after episode (laughs) six. And I'll just finally go and read that.
1: It is viewed as a what if story type thing.
0: Yeah. Just something to uh you know fill my imagination until then. Just fill in the gaps. But um so one other rumor we've got here, uh moving on from the spin-off films, uh, we've also heard some more rumors lately about um a, a live action Star Wars TV series, which of course we've heard rumors about for years, and you know, at one point it was confirmed to be happening. And George Lucas said that, you know, they were were working on it and writing scripts for it and just sort of waiting to figure out how to make it not so expensive. And then, um, you know, of course ever since uh, Disney bought Lucasfilm and the whole transition took place, uh, you know, we haven't really heard much about that, but now some of those rumors are starting to resurface and they're saying that, um, you know, Disney wants to put that back into production and that it would be something sort of similar to, uh, to what they're doing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., how, Um, You know, it would tie in with the main films, but, you know, obviously focus on new characters and things like that. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This this certainly would be um, something interesting to see if it did end up happening. And it certainly wouldn't be surprising either.
1: Yeah, just Um, the question is when. (laughs) I mean, Yeah. So, I mean, the big question, or like I said, that's the big question. But the big reasoning for that is, at least in the report that was on uh, Cinelinks, they were saying how... The big thing that's going to keep this from being a while is that the production schedule for all the movies, not just the episode numbers and the standalones, it's going to be all of them because trying to schedule it where they can use the same sets and studios that they shoot on at Pinewood to kind of save on expenses that way. So kind of scheduling things out to film the movies and then film some of the episodes for the series there. So we're still a few years away from, like I said, the episode eight and two of the standalone movies that we know so far, not to mention episode nine, and we'll see if we get a third standalone movie, which I'm pretty sure we will. So I'm sure they're trying to get all those scheduling conflicts out there and then try to film what they can in Pinewood Studios too, which makes sense. I mean, you got the sets already built, and maybe could kind of lend us to speculate on where actually, what time period this series would take place and if they're going to be using like some of the same sets and stuff. Like, is this series going to tie into a specific Movie per se, like a specific standalone movie, or the sequel trilogy era now. So, if they're going to be using some of the same sets and studios, so makes it kind of interesting to speculate on where it's going to be taking place in the timeline. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, we've been hearing rumors about a Star Wars live action show since *Revenge of the Sith* came out in 2005, and Lucas couldn't get it produced because it'd be too expensive, and he didn't want to dip down on the quality, which I always respected. Why? as cool as it would be to see a live-action TV show, you don't want to see it like done cheaply. I mean, you, Star Wars has a standard and the standard is really high and you don't want to compromise that just to get it out there. So, um, it'd be cool to finally get one and like compare it to like, Agents of Steel, like you said, which I know that show usually gets a bad rap, but this season has been really, really good and they've been doing a good job as setting seeds for future stuff that's going to happen in the Marvel Universe. So, if they can do something like that in the Star Wars Universe, that would be awesome. So, Definitely excited for it. If it all pans out, it's just going to be a bit of a wait. But at the same time, we got a bunch of movies coming out. So it won't be the worst thing in the world to wait a little longer for the live action series.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, like, I could do without a live action series just because we're getting so many live action Mm -hmm. movies coming out uh, in the near future. Like, I don't need there to be a TV series. But if they do end up doing one and it ends up being good, like, I'm certainly not going to complain. Um you know, I, I'm kind of—I I guess I'm kind of over my my initial sort of hesitation and, and trepidation about um, just this inundation of Star Wars content and worrying about like, oh, is one movie a year going to be too much and all this kind of stuff. At this point, I'm more just worried about the quality of it. And it's like, as long as it's good, then you know, I, I'm not going to complain because oh, there's more Star Wars coming out. Like, I love Star Wars, so as long yeah. as it's good <laughs> and lives up to to what I expect. Star Wars to be then bring it on. And so, you know, same goes for this T V series. Exactly. Yeah. I mean,
1: who's ever gonna complain about more Star Wars if you're a fan? And like you said, if it's good, yeah. It's just it's the best of both worlds when you get good quantity and good quality too.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah, I think that's just about all the movie stuff we've got to cover, except that we also have an interesting rumor. Um and here's one we haven't uh you know from from a source we haven't heard from in a while and that's latino review um they were kind of spewing out all the early crazy rumors about the force awakens but um they're back with an uh, a rumor about the director for episode nine, and they're saying that even though we know uh Ryan Johnson is directing episode eight and that we had initially heard that he was going to be writing and directing episodes eight and nine. Um, that actually JJ Abrams is now the front runner to come back and direct episode nine, which, uh, you know, sounds awesome to me. Um, yeah, I I was a little, maybe a little surprised that he was only directing episode seven and then leaving. Um, but could certainly understand because I know initially he didn't even want to do it because, You know, he didn't want to be like away from his family and be in the UK filming it for that long. And just that it was going to be you know such a big project and a lot of pressure, obviously, to to sort of live up to this huge franchise that he's a fan of. Um, But still, I mean, once they got him on board, I was like, man, I really like this guy as a director. So I hope we can get him to direct more than just one. So if he were to come back for episode nine, um, especially if episode seven ends up being as great as we all hope it'll be. Um, you know, that that would certainly be a win for uh, for us fans, I think.
1: Yeah, this makes total sense. I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, I'd love for J.J. Abrams to come back and finish kind of what he started with episode seven. But like I said, it makes sense because he's written uh, with Larry Kaz in episode seven. And just to kind of walk away from it totally i mean he's going to be an executive producer on episode eight but to not direct or maybe even write another one again after he started this new era of star wars movies it kind of just didn't quite i didn't quite believe it really where this he'd only be like a one and done type thing for him i would think he'd want to come back at some point and like you said he initially had to be talking to doing the force awakens but then now that he's done it he seems like it was a great experience for him, like a dream come true, a dream project. And he just had a great time working on, but at the same time, you can understand how he'd want to break from it. Cause making the star Wars movies, a big responsibility and a big task. So to kind of step away for a little bit, catch his breath while Ryan Johnson does episode eight, and then come back to conclude the trilogy and just end it uh, the way he wants to, since he started off with writing and directing episode seven. So yeah, I could totally see this happening and I actually really want it to happen <laughs> because like you said, we have high expectations that Episode 7 is going to be great and all signs are that it will be, and I'm sure we'll even think that more once we see the trailer at Celebration Anaheim. So, yeah, it would be great to have J.J. come back and finish the trilogy and have his, leave his mark on Star Wars with the final chapter of that, with Episode 9. At least for now, who knows if <laughs> we'll get Episodes 10, 11, and 12 later on. But right now, this is it for the sequel trilogy that we know so far, and I think it would be great if he finishes it off.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, of course, it's still just a rumor at this point. Um, you know, and th- this is still several years away. We're still you know just getting hyped <laughs> and excited for Episode Seven and Rogue One, let alone Episode Eight, and really, let alone Episode Nine. So you know, we're not even thinking yeah, about crazy. that. Thinking about that at this point, but um, you know, so, something interesting to just consider, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you said it how crazy is we're talking about episode nine already, even if it's rumors we're already it's entering the discussions. <laughs> it's just unreal sometimes when you think about it,
0: yeah, um so now moving on to uh, just some other sort of miscellaneous stuff here um, and this actually deals with not the upcoming Star Wars movies but the previously existing ones you know, episodes one through six and we've heard for a while that there might be some sort of big digital release of star wars content um at some point this year um and they're actually just i don't know if it was earlier today or just in the past couple days or something um this site of voodoo.com it's v-u-d-u so i don't know if it sounds like voodoo but um i'm guessing it's some kind of video you know movie uh, digital website um they posted a page with The, uh, you know, the Star Wars saga, which has now been taken down, but um, it had some stuff on there about a bundle of episodes one through six plus bonus features. Um, You couldn't buy it or see a price or pre-order it or anything like that as far as I was aware of. But um, it did have something where you could like add it to a wish list or something like that, which sort of gave the impression that this stuff would be available on this site at some point in the near future. Um, and it had this whole list of, uh, you know, bonus features, like, um, you know, just a lot of like behind the scenes making of kind of stuff from the movies and deleted scenes and all that kind of stuff, basically the same kind of content you'd expect to be on like the Blu-ray release and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was just, you know, it was interesting that they had, uh, you know, all this information and these images and everything on here. And it's like, man, well, we haven't heard any, official information about this but this is getting to be another one of those badly kept secrets where like we've yeah. heard about it for so long also we heard something about um you know that they were going to start releasing like these packs of commemorative action figures to go along with the digital releases um and i've actually heard from a couple of friends who said they saw those in stores um these you know packs of like digital release action figures or something, and it's like, well, these figures are out and we haven't heard anything about the actual releases yet, but if they're releasing the figures already, either Hasbro just screwed up or this release is coming really soon.
1: Yeah, when I first saw this, it was actually, I first saw this uh, today for that report on Voodoo, where... They had the movies listed, and they have a bunch of special features, like you mentioned. But they also had the date of April 10th scheduled as the release for it. And that kind of threw me off. Like, why that day? Is a week before celebration? I mean, this sounds like something they would announce at celebration. Like we talked about before or earlier, maybe at the closing ceremony, this is where they announced Star Wars. All six films are coming out digitally, and like you can download them now after the convention, and then they'll all be available. So... I kind of think this is going to happen really soon, but I'm not sure if it is going to be that April 10th date they originally had listed there because it just seems weird to have it a week before Celebration Anaheim, and we haven't heard anything official about it yet. But the digital releases are coming sooner rather than later, and if all the listings of all the special features they had proves to be true, it's going to be a pretty cool package that we're going to be getting with these releases. I mean, a lot of it, like you said, is from like the Blu-ray, but mainly from the DVD releases, at least for the prequels. But it seems like there are some documentaries on here and interviews that haven't been on any of the Blu-rays or DVD releases. Because there were some titles that didn't uh, seem familiar to me. So it's going to be interesting to see how much maybe some new stuff is going to be included in these digital releases. So I'm excited for it, really. I mean, it's going to be cool to have digital copies of the saga to have on your iPad, watch on your iPhone or whatever. But then if you bundle it with some new special features and documentary, that's like icing on the cake, too. So... Hopefully we'll get more concrete information on this soon. And especially since this page on Voodoo got taken down or like the link's still there, but there's nothing on the page. Like there's no images that were there before showing the uh, movies and all that information that was there. So if it got taken down, I think it's probably means we're going to be hearing about this pretty soon from Lucasfilm. So we'll just have to wait and see when that is.
0: Yeah. And I haven't, uh, seen any of these action figure packs in stores and I haven't really looked cause I mean, it's been forever since I've gone searching for star Wars action figures. Cause every time I go somewhere, it seems like I just can't find anything. Um, but I just looked these up on Amazon and they do have these in stock that you can order these, uh, these commemorative, col- uh, yeah, these commemorative collection, uh, action figure packs. And there's like four figures for each movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's gotta be something about this sooner than later, whether it's a, April 10th or whether they officially announce it at Celebration. Um, you know, get, get your, like you said, get your iPads ready. Cause there's going to be some digital Star Wars content coming really yeah. soon here. Um, and hopefully, you know, according to some of the earlier rumors that we heard, hopefully it's not just the movies, but also includes, uh, you know, Star Wars detours and maybe some other stuff. Um, I mean, obviously, we've already got the Clone Wars on Netflix and Blu-ray and everything like that. But, I mean, I would love to see um, maybe like an HD digital release of the Clone Wars micro series or some of the, you know, even like Ewoks or droids or some of the older Star Wars uh, animated stuff. um, Just to, you know, get it all out there for this new generation that wants to, to check out any of that older stuff.
1: Yeah, anything Star Wars that was filmed? Get it on there. Maybe not the holiday special, but anything yeah, else.
0: Yeah, anything but the holiday special. Just <laughs> I, I don't think George Lucas is ever going to let that one out of the vault that he has it locked in in his basement. Yeah, <laughs> the one thing you didn't give to Disney. <laughs> yeah, like nobody can ever touch this ever again, Um, which, frankly, is probably the best way to go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Bootleg is the only real way that, that – Thing deserves to be seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, if yeah, I mean, you, you, it shouldn't even be seen, yeah. <laughs> except for that one little animated segment with uh, Boba Fett in it, because that was pretty cool. Which is on the Blu-ray, so you got that already there. Yeah, but also, I mean, um just kind of jumping back to the those special features and stuff on there for a minute. Um, there was one. I mean, you were you were talking about how there were a few things in there that you thought were new and that hadn't been on the Blu-rays before. And there was one from episode three that caught my eye that was called like the star Wars that almost was or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, that was, I was like, man, I'd really want to check that out. And I don't know, like, d- does that sound familiar to you? Like, was that on the Blu-ray or something?
1: No, that's one of the titles. I okay. didn't ring a bell when I saw it. I was like, yeah, it was Star Wars. That almost yeah, that's, that never was, but that's not ringing th- any bells. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because I mean, even, you know, I, I've got the Star Wars saga on Blu-ray, but I haven't, I still haven't gone through and watched like all the special features on there. But um, I was like, man, I th- I would think that if that was something that had been around before that I would have at least heard the name or something like that. And I think we were just talking about on one of our last couple episodes um, about how it's cool to, to find out like how the stories change over the course of production and sort of what the original story for the movie was uh when they started shooting or when they first started writing the script or whatever, and how, uh, there was originally a lot more to episode three that involved, you know, like a potential sort of jealousy thing between Anakin and Padme and Obi-Wan. And, uh, you know, obviously there's more stuff even in the deleted scenes with like Padme and the Senate and the early seeds of the rebel Alliance and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, to see some kind of documentary about all that and, uh, you know, maybe get some more insight into, sort of what the original story for Revenge of the Sith was, that would be really cool to see. So that was kind of top of my list of of new stuff that I was like, ooh, I would definitely want to check that out.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping a lot of it's where, like, I don't recognize the name, but then when I click it, like, oh, yeah, that's what that's from. I remember it now. Hopefully there'll be a lot of really new stuff on here that's going to be cool to see for the first time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, But, again, I mean, this isn't even one of those things where we have to say, we'll wait and see, because, you know, we probably won't have to wait this way too long at this point you know all signs are pointing to uh i I would say definitely by the end of this month whether it's before celebration or during celebration or shortly after i would think by the end of this month either all that stuff will have been released or will at least have some official information and announcements about it yeah i agree um all right and then we'll move on to a couple of book related things here Um, We talked about Star Wars aftermath in our last episode, uh, this novel that's going to be coming out uh, that takes place right after Return of the Jedi. But now we have the first, uh, you know, we've got an image of the cover, um, which, you know, looks pretty cool. I mean, it's basically just a picture of the second Death Star um, and it's got the title on there, Um, but then also an official description. And it says the second Death Star has been destroyed. Rumors are flying that the Emperor and his enforcer Darth Vader are dead. A new government is forming to replace the empire, but the galaxy is a big place and the fallout of this cataclysm will affect different worlds in different ways. Does everyone accept the fall of Imperial rule? Has everyone even heard the life altering news? What rushes to fill the vacuum the empire has left and who will try to stop them? So certainly sounds like some exciting stuff that will be, uh, you know, tackled in this novel. Uh, You know, the cover looks pretty cool and everything. So um, this is definitely one that I've got, uh you know on on my radar of stuff coming up here
1: yeah it sounds really cool i'm excited for it i mean just the description alone just getting to finally some stories post return of the jedi what the state of the galaxy is what happened when the second death star blew up i just like how it mentions that they're regarding the death of the emperor and darth vader has rumors that's how the galaxy is viewing it right now and just even the little things how it says i have every has everyone even heard the life-altering news so like, like I said, it's a big galaxy. We're going to be seeing different perspectives on how all this is unfolding after the events of Return of the Jedi. I just can't wait to find out what some of the stuff is going to be. It was also announced, too, that this is going to be part of a trilogy, the first book of this Aftermath trilogy. I'm not sure if the whole series is going to be called Aftermath or just this first book is Aftermath. And then and I don't, just don't know exactly what the full trilogy title of this series of books is going to be called, but we know the first one is Aftermath. It's going to be by Chuck Wending. And I'm excited for it. I mean, the description alone got me pumped up for it. And just even before we see the Force Awakens, we're going to get an insight to what happened after the second Death Star blew up, and the death of Palpatine, and the death of Vader. So I can't wait for it. Because it says it's mainly going to be featuring new characters, but there is going to be um, oh, it says one fan favorite character from the previous movie. So be interesting to see who that is, if it's someone major or. A minor character who we saw in Return of the Jedi, but I really can't wait for it. It sounds really, really cool.
0: Yeah, it definitely sounds cool, and I'm—I don't know about you, but I'm really curious and excited to see who this one fan favorite character is that they're talking about, um, and if it's just one. I mean, I have a hard time believing it, it would be any one of the big three, because um, you know you think they would uh, if they're going to include one of them, they'd include all three, but. Yeah. I, I'm kind of leaning towards, I don't know, I guess maybe Lando?
1: I was thinking the same thing, you because we know cause he yeah. he's not going to be in The Force Awakens.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, of, aside from that, it could, you know, maybe Wedge, maybe Admiral Ackbar, somebody like that. Um, I don't know, I mean, maybe like Chewy or C-3PO or somebody like that ends up going off with these new characters for a bit. But, uh, yeah, I think Lando's probably a safe bet. <laughs>
1: gonna be Wicked's is ever they're gonna Ewoks <laughs> gonna be regarded as the heroes that throw down the Empire and Wicked's gonna go on this grand tour of the galaxy. <laughs> He's gonna be regarded as <laughs> this great warrior.
0: I you know what I wanna see? I want to see like a whole spin-off story just about a group of Ewoks who like form a rock band just from <laughs> drumming on those stormtrooper helmets.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And then they go against uh the Max Rebo band and Figure and Dan. Yeah there you go have
0: a Star Wars Battle of the Bands movie.
1: Yep. <laughs> Uh, there we go plan the release date for 2025 for that one
0: (laughs) yeah or uh i don't know i think they would set the release date for that as far away as possible yeah (laughs) a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i mean we've got some cool information there about uh, Star Wars Aftermath. Also, uh the first issue of the new comic Kanan The Last Padawan is out now. Um I have picked it up myself, haven't read it yet. I might just have to go do that as soon as we finish recording if we've still got time. Hopefully we don't run too late here. But uh Tim, you've read this already, right?
1: Yeah. And I suggest read it as soon as possible because I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was really good. I mean there's nothing really too earth-shattering in it, like any new revelations. But for me, being a big fan of Clone Wars in that era, I thought Greg Wiseman captured that perfectly. I mean, it had all the right beats for me. Cool Clone Wars action, great interaction between the clones and the Jedi, which I always loved. And this more master Padawan like interactions between Caleb and Lababa, who we know was his master. And then seeing the relationship that they're building to we know the eventual outcome that's going to happen is great to see. And then the last page is really cool where, I mean, it's not necessarily a cliffhanger, but it just sets up what's going to happen really in a really good way. So I highly recommend it. I mean, I think Marvel has been doing a great job with all four of their titles so far. I mean, I know princess Leia has been the one that's been most mixed, but I've actually really enjoyed it. I like the story that's going on, what Leia's is involved in, in that series. So and Darth Vader has been awesome. Star Wars has been really good, except I have some complaints about how Darth Vader has been handled that series. But overall, Marvel is knocking it out of the park, and they've been doing an awesome job. And actually, uh, yesterday I took to Twitter to kind of get some of our uh, listeners and Twitter followers, and also on Facebook, kind of their uh, responses and opinions as far as what they think of the marvel books of so which one's been their favorite and we got some good responses i think vader's the fan favorite for most star wars fans right now that's the one that a lot of people pick but uh, like i said princess Leia has been getting mixed reviews but some of the responses we've gotten a lot of people really enjoy leia so and then kanan's quickly jumping on it's a lot of people's favorite so i think right now darth vader and kanan even though it's still one issue we gotta wait to see how it develops further on once more races come out but I think those two are the ones that are resonating with people the most and I just hope it continues because right now it's off to a really good start
0: yeah that sounds pretty cool um, yeah I think like you said if we get t- if I've got time after this I probably will just go ahead and read that uh, tonight while I'm thinking about it um, although you know one, one thing um, that I've been wondering about with Rebels and I'll just go ahead and ask you this if it's not like too Spoilerish, but does the comic answer like why Deba Bilaba's not on the Jedi Council anymore?
1: Um, no, not really.
0: Okay, yeah, I was. I guess that was one thing that I was I a mean, little confused about because she's on the Council in Episode One, and is she also on it in Episode Two? That's
1: a good question. <laughs> I want to say yes, but not one hundred percent sure. I mean, yeah, in I the comic, I think. Uh, Kanan does mention it. I mean, there's a moment where he's like, you're a Jedi from the high council and all that. So it is referenced in there, but not necessarily like if she is not on it now or whatnot.
0: Okay. No, you know, I think she is in episode two because I seem to remember reading somewhere that Obi-Wan basically took her seat in episode three. Um, and of course in the stuff that's now legends, uh, in the, the great Clone Wars novel, Shatterpoint, um, you know, deals with her basically getting corrupted and falling to the dark side and Mace Windu, you know, she was Mace Windu's former apprentice and he's the one that has to go track her down and, uh, you know, ends up fighting her and like almost killing her, but she ends up in a coma. Um, and so it's like, well, that explains why she's not on the Jedi council in episode three, but, um, you know now it's like obviously they're not going with that story anymore it's like now she's still a jedi she's still good but so it's like okay well why is she not on the council anymore i don't know um but you know minor detail you could just say they rotate people out
1: yeah an emergency situation had to come up where <laughs> she could no longer serve on
0: it <laughs> an emergency situation came up where they needed obi-wan to be on the jedi council for episode 3
1: yeah <laughs> Maybe she Uh, or Palpatine had her bump for Anakin (laughs) to get his spot on there.
0: That is also possible. Yeah,
1: Um, yeah, maybe. uh, uh, That's something I didn't really think about when I was reading it, but it'll be interesting to see in future issues if that is addressed at all. But we'll see how long she lasts in the comic series. I don't think. Yeah, I wouldn't
0: expect it to be too long. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited to check that out. Also, speaking of, uh, you know, Clone Wars era stuff, um, the Clone Wars series was just nominated for another seven Daytime Emmy Awards, um, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly you know excited to see this show getting all the, the praise and the recognition that it deserves. But, you know, Tim, you and I were talking about this before. The uh, before we started recording this episode and I was just like, man, I'm kind of surprised. Like, I wasn't expecting it to get nominated for any more awards because um, it got... Well, it got nominated for the first time in 2013 and won a couple of awards, and that was after the end of season five. Then last year, it got nominated for some more awards, and uh, at that point, I was already kind of surprised. I was like, well, the the series is already over, and I guess they're getting nominations just for, uh, you know, for the Lost Missions that was on Netflix. Um, but now they're getting more nominations for what now I can definitely assume is for the last season, um, especially because one of these nominations is for uh, for Mark Hamill doing the voice of Darth Bane, which we know was um, in that final episode. So, I wouldn't expect the show to get any more Emmy nominations after this, but it seems like every year I'm like, "Oh, cool, more. Uh, well, great, the more the merrier." Yeah. <laughs> um but I yeah, and I think this is the most awards that it's ever been nominated for, but yeah, definitely. uh yeah, it's been it's got nominations for outstanding special class animated program, uh Mark Hamill is Darth Bane for outstanding performer in an animated series, um outstanding writing in an animated program for Christian Taylor. Uh, outstanding directing in an animated program uh, for Dave Filoni, a supervising director, and then uh, Brian Kalen O'Connell, Danny Keller, and Stuart Lee, who were uh, some of the episode directors for the show. Um, outstanding sound mixing in animation, outstanding sound editing in animation, and a uh, nomination for Kevin Kiner for outstanding music direction and composition. So, um, yeah, I mean... Like I said, certainly nothing wrong with that. The awards, uh, I guess, happens on April 26th, so uh, we'll report back after that and see if they won any more of them. I think with seven nominations, it's probably a good bet that they'll win at least one of them.
1: Yeah, I'm really hoping or pulling for Mark Hamill to win an award for our Star Wars performance. I mean, Even though it was real short, it was an awesome performance that he gave for Darth Bane. I'd really like to see him pull off with a win, but if you look on the Emmy website as far as who he's up against, um, he's up against some big competition, I would think. I mean, he's up against Dick Van Dyke and Christopher Lloyd, who are well-known actors, not just in voice acting, but live action, too. So it's kind of one of those things where, especially maybe Dick Van Dyke, who someone who's been in the industry so long that he might get the, the award just for his reputation. So, hey, what did uh, he do a
0: voiceover thing for? It
1: says, as Captain Goofbeard in Disney's Mickey Mouse house, uh, huh. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> Never heard of it. Neither have I, but <laughs> I think the name alone is probably what's going to get him that award. But man, I really hope Mark Hamill pulls it out because that'd be awesome. Yeah,
0: I mean that would be awesome. But I, man, part of me almost wants to hear somebody just get up on a stage and give Dick Van Dyke an award for playing Captain Goofbeard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just something that needs to be heard. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I mean certainly, yeah, Mark Hamill would definitely deserve an award for that performance, even though it was short. And I'm always surprised uh, with the nominations that this show gets for the voice acting. I'm um, I mean, certainly Mark Hamill deserves credit, deserves an award for playing Darth Bane. But he was in that one episode for all of like 45 seconds. Um, and, you know, I, I still would love to see uh, D Bradley Baker get some more recognition for playing all of yeah. those clone troopers or, uh, you know, especially, with, uh, you know, I know this is just for the Lost Missions, like I was going to mention Corey Burton as Cad Bane or some of these other guys, but, uh, you know, the, they weren't in uh, that final season. But for D. Bradley Baker playing those clones in the the uh, the clones arc in, I'm trying to think, what was like, what's the name that we all call that arc by?
1: The Order 66 The
0: Order 66 arc, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking of. Um, see, that just goes to show I need to go back and watch those episodes again. Um but, yeah, for for the Order 66 arc in The Lost Missions um, and just doing the voice of all those different clones, like, that was great. Um, you know, Of course, always the work that uh, James Arnold Taylor does as Obi-Wan is always fantastic. Um, and just so many other great performers in that series. Like, obviously, they can't all get nominated, but um, they always seem to pick the one guy that does, like, a really good performance but that's just really short. And it's like, okay, that's cool, but then there's all these other ones, but... Anyway, I mean, I'm not complaining, like, just more recognition for Star Wars is great, and like you said, just to see Mark Hamill get an award for that would be awesome, so.
1: It'd be kind of funny, too, where Mark Hamill wins, and it's on his resume that he won an award for Star Wars, and everyone's going to assume, oh, for Luke? No, it's actually for a character called Darth Bane, that I'm sure a lot of casual people have no idea who that is, so if that is one award that he gets for a Star Wars performance, I think that'd be kind of funny, that is for a Sith Lord and not Luke Skywalker,
0: yeah, you could also confuse all your friends who aren't Star Wars fans by saying like, hey, fun little bit of trivia. Did you know Mark Hamill won an Emmy Award for Star Wars? And They'll be like, wait, there aren't Emmys for TV? Like, do you mean an Oscar? Like, yeah. nope, I not mean an Emmy Award. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and it wasn't for playing Luke in the holiday special. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
1: Imagine if that was up for... Is there, i know there's like there's the razzie awards for like bad movies is there anything for like bad tv shows
0: that Not are that are i there? know of not that's as popular as the razzie awards anyways
1: they should just name it after the holiday special
0: like the, special. <laughs> <laughs> the life day awards yeah there you go <laughs> oh man um okay so just a, a couple last miscellaneous things before we wrap up here um Something else I've talked about in the past is wanting more good quality Star Wars games on uh, you know mobile devices just because there's so many games out there now and uh, Star Wars has get, been kind of, um, I don't know, underrepresented, I guess. Although in the past couple of years or so, they really started to pick it up. And we've got a lot of, um, you know, sort of Star Wars skinned clones of a lot of other games. Like you've got the star Wars commander out now. That's like, uh, you know, the clash of clone or clash of clans or whatever that one is. Um, you've got that star Wars journeys app. That's pretty cool. You've got, um, you know, they've got Lego star Wars on iPhone now, so they're getting more and more. And now they've got this star Wars rebels recons mission, uh, recon missions game that just came out, uh, I think just this past week or something. um, if you guys have, uh, smartphones and you like playing games on it and you like Star Wars Rebels, you absolutely have to check this game out. Um, it's free to download. Um, it does have in-app purchases, but it's not like trying to get you to buy more currency and stuff like that. I mean, what I like about this is it's basically like a full, uh, you know, kind of like a full game. Like if Star Wars Rebels had come out five years ago, this game would have come out on like the PSP or Nintendo DS or whatever. Um, so it doesn't really feel like you know like a, a cheap iPhone game. It's got great production values. The graphics are are pretty amazing for this type of game. I mean the the actual character models aren't that great, but some of the environments and uh, you know you'll be like running around on lowfall and the buildings and the star destroyers flying overhead in the background and everything looks really good. Uh, it's just like this fun you know action platformer um, where you play. You start off playing as Ezra. Um, And then basically what it is is when you download it for free, you get, like, the first four levels for free. um, And then you can either pay, like, $3 to unlock, uh, you know, Kanan or Sabine and, like, 15 more levels. Or you can just pay $5 to unlock the whole rest of the game, which is what I would recommend. Um, You get to unlock, you know, a whole bunch more levels. You get to play as Kanan and Sabine um, as well as Ezra. And, uh, I mean, there's, like, a lot of stuff to to do and to collect and stuff through through all these levels um you know you get different like powers to upgrade and there's um bonuses for like rescuing lowfall citizens in need and collecting stormtrooper helmets and all this other kind of stuff i mean it, it's it's pretty deep and there's like a lot of fun different stuff to do um and then of course you know the the combat and the action and everything is fun um, especially, I, I like playing as Kanan because, of course, you also get the lightsaber and get to like jump and flip around and, and uh, fight stormtroopers with your lightsaber and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking for a good Star Wars Rebels game, um, this is about the best five bucks you can spend for something like that. So definitely go uh, you know go check it out if you're looking for something like that. I think it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I saw it on there, like starwars.com had a post on it. I knew it was out there, but I haven't had a chance to download it yet, or it just wasn't on my radar whenever <laughs> I go on my iPhone. I've been distracted by other games on there. And But hearing you talk about it and seeing how good it is, I'm definitely going to have to check it out. I mean, it seems worth it to just pay the full price and buy it, but if anything, at least try it for the free to play version. I mean, just to see what it's all about, because it sounds pretty cool from how you're describing it.
0: Yeah, and even in those first four levels, um, you know, they're, I mean, they're they're pretty sizable levels too. I mean, they don't take too long, but each one will take you maybe I don't know, like five or ten minutes or something like that. I mean, it, it's it's kind of hard to tell because I spend so much time on it. I'm like, I don't know how much time is. Going <laughs> by. Um, but you know, it's they're not like real cheap, quick, short things. Um, you definitely you you get a feel for how the game works, and you, even in one of those first four levels, you get to hijacking him. Uh, it's not an ATDP walker that they use on that show a lot. It's like a kind of a smaller one, but that like shoots missiles and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. You get to just like stomp across the level and blast all these stormtroopers in one of their stolen walkers. Um, but then, I mean, when you unlock some of the other levels, um, you get to – they, they add sort of more – more fun mechanics and stuff as it goes and it also i mean for any of the more kind of serious hardcore gamers out there it actually is pretty challenging too i mean this isn't something that's just geared towards kids and it's uh, you know real simple and easy um i mean there's a, a boss battle against a tie fighter at the end of the Kanan levels that i'm still kind of stuck on right now because it's a lot of you know jumping around and avoiding laser fire and stuff but um yeah it's it's definitely a fun game and it was it's a, a pleasant surprise because Um, you know, normally, uh, with, I mean, with even some of these other Star Wars iPhone games that have come out recently, you'll either see a trailer for it, like the week before it comes out or... Um, you know, I'll see a post about it on some website that, you know, they, they released like a demo version of it in Canada or something like that to, to kind of test it before releasing it in the U S app store, or you hear something about it before it eventually comes out. And this one I had heard nothing about. It just kind of came out of the blue. Yeah. Um, and I saw it, I, I think I saw it on my phone while I was at work. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty big size download too. So I waited till I got home to download it. Um, And I was, I really wasn't expecting much because I was like, oh, a free Star Wars Rebels game that kind of just showed up out of nowhere with no fanfare or anything. Like, I hope it's really good, but I'm not really expecting much from it, but I'll download it and try it out. And I was definitely pleasantly surprised and, uh, you know, played through those first four free levels and just gave them my five bucks for the rest of it with no hesitation. (laughs) So, um, yeah, definitely something fun to check out.
1: I'll go download it right after we stop recording. You go read Kanan, I'll go download the game. (laughs) Deal.
0: Um, And also, you know, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but there's also this new uh, top Star Wars trading card game app that's out um, which I don't know, I have downloaded, gotten addicted to, and already sort of Got burnt out on and given <laughs> up on but
1: i think it actually delayed our recording for our last episode for about an hour because we down. i told you to download. oh yeah
0: yeah it did so yeah so tim and i sat down to record and we're talking on skype you know before we actually start recording and uh you know i, I was talking about like oh yeah and then i saw there's this new star wars trading card app and uh you know i don't know if i should check that out and tim was telling me like oh yeah well i got it and you know, it was pretty fun and I collected all these cards and stuff. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll go check it out. And while we're sitting here talking, I downloaded it, started opening some packs, and was like, oh, I got this card and this card and this card. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, oh right, we're supposed to record a podcast.
1: Yeah, we could have done a whole episode just on what cards we got, really.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny too is um I showed this to my sister and it freaked her out. Like the the Lobot card that they have on there, just the picture <laughs> of his face, it has a ridiculously uncanny resemblance to our high school Taekwondo instructor uh, um, really? <laughs> yeah and, and it's funny because I don't know if Lobot doesn't actually look that much like him in the movie or if I just never noticed the resemblance before but just something about like the look on his face and just the angle of the picture or, like this one photo that they have on his trading card I was like whoa um <laughs>
1: Who knew so, yeah, Robot that, that was a was
0: martial cool. arts expert? <laughs> he could, he could probably just download it into his brain. Oh, that's true. Yeah. whatever that thing. Like a Matrix Yeah. That's funny.
1: Now, if you, you ever bump into their high school instructor again, you're gonna like want to put some type of device on the back of his head just to see if it really pull up the (laughs) Lobot look.
0: Oh, I'm sure it's going to, I mean, I obviously won't try to like put something on him, but it's just going to cross my mind thinking, oh yeah, he does look like Lobot. (laughs) That's funny. Oh man, yeah, that was fun. Um, But yeah, then of course there's also this, uh, this is madness uh, Star Wars tournament going on. Um, You know, right now they're down to the final four, which is uh, in the light side bracket, you've got Obi-Wan versus Han Solo in the Dark side bracket, you've got Darth Vader versus Boba Fett. Um, And, you know, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with this, but it's just been kind of fun to watch this thing go and, uh, you know, see what characters are winning and stuff. But there have been some absolutely ridiculous matchups. Namely, that uh, Jar Jar Binks defeated (laughs) Padme by a a fairly large margin. And I know there's been some people saying, like, oh, there's, uh, you know, been like spammers or bots or whatever that have been. Uh, Pouring in votes for certain characters Which I think probably has been Happening because um, I mean you can look back and see The the final percentages of these matchups And Jar Jar beat Padme like 62 To 38 percent But I remember at some Point while that round was going On um, I think he was Up like you know 83 To 17 or something like that and I Was like what the heck is Going on here (laughs) like you know This is impossible
1: um, Was Jason from the Wampus Lair just voting and voting for Jar Jar <laughs> over and over and over again? No,
0: I didn't ask him about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know he loves Jar Jar, but I don't think he loves him that much. <laughs> um, oh, no, the, I know
1: it has There has been like recounts. that I've seen like Star Wars, the official Star Wars Twitter account say, yeah, we're like reviewing the counts for making sure no bots were involved and all this stuff. In some of the cases, there were, I think, where they had to Recounted and ended up being where where it said on the side the character won, but in reality, the other character won because it was like bot spamming and all that. So,
0: yeah, and you <laughs> I think know, it's I
1: living think... up to this is madness, the
0: name, <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. And uh, you know, I didn't even see that they were you know, recounting stuff, but I figured that's what they were doing, anyways, because um, like they, they've got the bracket here with like the pictures of all the characters, and obviously, you know, you got the two characters that are matched up, and when one of them wins. The, the one that wins moves on to the next slot there. Um, and I remember like with this with this Padme and Jar Jar matchup, like Jar Jar won, but they didn't have his picture in the next slot for like days afterwards. Um, and they were still, you know, moving ahead with other rounds of the tournament and moving up other characters and stuff. But that one slot was still blank. And I was like, they're probably still trying to figure out how the heck Jar Jar won by that yeah. many points. <laughs>
1: I know. It's like, yeah, he's the character who's reviled that much and like the butt of every Star Wars joke in a negative way where you want to name someone the worst Star Wars character, it's Jar Jar, and him to win by that much (laughs) over Padme, this stuff doesn't add up.
0: Yeah, I mean, part of me was almost kind of happy to see like, oh, people are finally starting to get over it and they don't hate Jar Jar that much anymore. But then to see how huge that percentage was, I was like... No, nah, nobody likes Jar Jar that
1: much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's to be like the Bizarro world or something for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, like unless somebody just went percentage.
0: and kidnapped all the haters. Yeah, because <laughs> they're still out there. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, and then also, I mean, there was like a, a Django Fett versus Boba Fett mashup, which Boba Fett ended up winning like fifty-three to forty-seven percent. But at one point, Django was ahead like seventy to thirty or eighty to twenty or something like that, and I was like that's not possible
1: yeah i was really excited that it was winning like oh man that's awesome because i actually prefer jingle fed over boba fed but i got the same thing with on. it can't be that much boba Fett's one of the most popular characters ever in star wars yeah
0: exactly um but yeah i mean obviously with this with this final round um i think these are pretty fair matchups and uh I mean so far Darth Vader's beating Boba Fett sixty-six to thirty-four percent, but Obi-Wan and Han Solo are deadlocked at fifty fifty right now, so um that that should be pretty interesting to see how that plays out. And in fact I don't think yeah, I don't think Han has ever been the number one character for the uh the light side bracket before, which is kinda surprising because he seems to be a lot of people's favorite character, but yeah. I think it's always been either Obi-Wan or Yoda on the light side, so um i don't know part of me kind of hopes han wins just to see something new but on the other hand like my personal vote is for obi-wan he's probably i don't know i always go back and forth on whether obi-wan or vader is my favorite star wars character but obi-wan is certainly my favorite from the light side bracket
1: yeah I would go back and forth on obi-wan and luke <laughs> i grew up with luke and then grew, gained more of an appreciation for obi-wan like during the special edition prequel era and then now we're getting to the sequel era with Luke. Who knows how much cool stuff we're going to see with him. So I was like always going back and forth with those two.
0: Yeah, that is very true. I mean, I I loved Luke as a kid growing up too. Um, but certainly as, as an older fan, I mean, probably from the time of like Revenge of the Sith, um, Obi-Wan was probably my favorite character. But I also love Vader. And even though, you know, say what you will about uh, you know, Hayden Christensen's performance as Anakin, but even when you sort of factor in um, just sort of if you look at Anakin and Vader as one character and the whole journey that that character goes on and, you know, factoring in even like the prequels and even the Clone Wars series and everything. Um, I mean, he really is, uh, you know, I I think should be a, a great character that, you know, doesn't always reach his full potential depending on you know the screenwriting or the performance or whatever. But just sort of in theory and within the the universe itself, and you know w- with his place in the story, I mean, he's he's really a fascinating character. So totally um, right yeah. I, I sort of go back on. at this point. Yeah, but at, at this point, I was go back and forth between Obi Wan and, and Anakin slash Vader. But I also could certainly see a situation where um, you know after seeing Episode Seven, Luke might jump back into that mix as well
1: yeah like i always gotta pause when someone asks me or i got like online like with these surveys or tests or anything where it's like who's your favorite star wars character i always gotta pause and think "Is it obi-wan or is it luke right
0: now (laughs) it's just just like if you ask me what my favorite star wars movie is depending on the day of the week it could be you know it's either empire or jedi or sometimes revenge of the sith too so
1: see that one i'm more definitive on it's empire for me it's I know it's the easy, most typical answer, but I can't pretend it's not <laughs> my favorite movie because it just is. So well, that yeah, one see, I have a more but, definitive version
0: of. But knowing you, it's probably just because that's the one movie where the Empire actually wins. and uh, That yeah.
1: plays a big part, I'm not going to lie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's Vader and Boba Fett doing all the work and it's yeah, the stormtroopers still don't do a whole lot. At least they yeah. get to be the ones to you know put Han in handcuffs and shove him down into the carbon freezing chamber
1: and then get knocked off by Chewie. (laughs) Yeah. As they make their escape. I think the only thing they hit was a little bit of the Falcon as it took off. That was about it. And R2 at one time.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say one of them hit C-3PO, but that's off screen, so you never actually even see if it was a Stormtrooper.
1: And he was just standing there, so if they couldn't hit 3PO, (laughs) they're really, really bad.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, what's harder to hit, C-3PO standing still or Chewbacca running? Yeah, it's like, C-3PO. I know he's running, <laughs> but he's, like, twice the size of
1: C-3PO. Chewie has a blaster, though, so they're not going to be a full-on easy target for them. So, yeah, if they couldn't hit 3 po that'd be the most pathetic thing ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. there. See, now there needs to be some other spoof where... You know, we see what happened behind that door in Cloud City and you see C-3PO walk in and then the yeah. stormtrooper just stands there, points his blaster at him point blank and the blaster bolts just go all over the place for like 30 seconds before he finally hits Yeah, it. there you go. That would be funny. There's a yeah, we, we, I, I should send that suggestion to the guys at How It Should Have Ended. Yeah, <laughs> they say that
1: or make a perfect robot chicken sketch. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I'm like, that is how that should have ended. But, um, yeah, anyway... Um, See, I guess the, the one last thing that we can wrap up here is um, they've announced the guests for Star Wars Weekends at Disney World this year. Um, including a couple new additions that, uh, you know, I, I was kind of surprised to see on the list here. But uh, for the first weekend, uh, which is May 15th through the 17th, they've got Ian McDiarmid, uh, Amy Allen, who played Ayla Sakura in the, uh, the prequels, um, and then Tia Surkar from Star Wars Rebels. Uh, for the second weekend, they've got Warwick Davis, Silas Carson, who played uh adi Mundy and Newt Gunray in the prequels. And then Vanessa Marshall uh, from Rebels. Uh, weekend three, they've got Warwick Davis, Daniel Logan and Steve Bloom. Uh The fourth weekend, they've got Ray Park, Jeremy Bullock and Ashley Eckstein. And then the fifth weekend, they've got Frank Oz, <laughs> uh, Ray Park again, Peter Mayhew and Taylor Gray. So, um, Man, I was like, if I were going to any of those – and, of course, I'm not because I don't have the money to take a vacation and fly all the way to Florida and go to Disney World, especially since it's going to be right after Celebration. Um, but I'm like, man, that that fifth weekend is definitely the one not to miss.
1: Um, I know, really. It was Frank Oz. Would have him be there. I mean, he's – yeah, this is one of the ones – like the actors or celebrities who's going to be there who hasn't been there before. Like him and Ian McDermott are the ones who stuck out to me where this is the first time, at least I remember seeing them on here. And it's pretty cool to have him, Ray Park, Peter Mayhew. And even for Taylor Gray, You have all these different aspects of star Wars at the star Wars weekends, which is really cool. you got OT actors there, PT actors there, the TV series from Rebels and Clone Wars about the different weekends. So I just think Star Wars is from all aspects of the saga is being well represented at Star Wars weekends. So or I kind of said it in the post on the on our website where it's like if, if we're all excited for Celebration Anaheim, but this for the people attending Star Wars weekend, this is something to be really excited about too because they have a lot of cool guests planned for this version of Star Wars weekend. So all those attending there should be in for an awesome time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean we might get to meet some celebrities and stuff at celebration, but we're not going to get to meet Frank Oz. So,
1: yeah, (laughs) um,
0: I mean, unless he just happens to pop in as one of the surprise guests for one of these panels or something, but, um, you know, certainly doesn't seem like it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that that's pretty cool to see. Um, and you know, people that get to be there for that fifth weekend are certainly in for a treat because yeah, I mean, you said you were kind of surprised to see Ian McDermott on this list too, but I mean, he's been at least at conventions and stuff before, you know, he's going to be at celebration Anaheim. He was at celebration six and you know, I'm not sure how many other conventions he's been to, but, um, in fact, I don't know. I want to say now that I think about it. I feel like Celebration 6 might have been his first convention appearance.
1: Yeah, I think it was because I didn't make it a big deal about it when that got announced.
0: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I I think I do remember hearing about that. But, of course, yeah, like I said, he's back for this one and he's going to be at Star Wars Weekends now. But, um, I mean, I don't remember ever hearing about Frank Oz being at a celebration or any other big convention like that. So for them to get him to be uh, at Star Wars Weekends for this is, uh, you know, that's pretty cool.
1: I want to say he was at Celebration 4 in L.A. I'm not 100% sure, but I remember hearing an interview with him where they were talking about Clone Wars, how he was never uh, asked to rephrase his role as Yoda, never even knew about the series. I want to say that was during a celebration, but I could be wrong, but I'm not 100% sure where he's never been to a celebration before. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that 100%. I'm just saying I don't remember ever hearing about it. Mm. But, Yeah. uh, yeah, either way, I mean... Yeah, like we said, obviously, Celebration is where all the awesome, you know, the the most awesome stuff is going to be going on. But uh, there's always a lot of cool stuff happening at Star Wars weekends, too. So, um, you know, I I guess if anyone's planning a Disney World vacation for this summer, um, you know, I certainly want to keep these weekends in mind.
1: Yeah, hats off to the people who can attend both. (laughs) You're in for an awesome month of Star Wars with Celebration then to go to... Uh, Star Wars weekend maybe for one of the weeks. That'd be really cool. Just another highlight for twenty fifteen, which is the year of Star Wars <laughs> to put in your memory.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um and you know something else uh that I'll be doing in this, I guess it's gonna be the end of May this year. I mean I go to Phoenix Comic Con every year. Um and I know, you know, I usually get a press pass and like a couple of years ago Sam Witwer was there and I know I posted audio of his panel Um, here on the podcast but actually this year I'm going to be hosting a couple panels for the first time along with uh, Jason Hunt and then also our friend Joey who um, I guess is just a fan of uh, Jason's podcast and that's how they met but um, he's also you know involved in uh, Star Wars panels and conventions and stuff like that and so we're all going to be hosting a couple panels at Uh, a couple Star Wars panels at Phoenix comic-con. We're going to be doing one panel talking about the clone wars. And then also uh, we're going to be hosting a Star Wars trivia contest. So that's been pretty fun. We're planning that out right now and just kind of figuring out how we want to structure that and, you know, coming up with questions and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, certainly if there's any, um, you know, if we end up recording that panel or anything like that, or if any of you are going to be at Phoenix comic-con, certainly let me know. And that would be cool to see you there. But um, you know, I'll, I'll, keep you guys posted on that as we get closer to that too, cause that'll be fun. And also this is kind of a long shot, but actually Tom Kane is going to be, uh, one of the guests at that convention. And so Joey was like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could get Tom Kane to stop by for our Clone Wars panel? And I was like, yeah, uh, <laughs> let's do it. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. We, we still haven't heard back about that, but we still might uh, try to make that happen. Man, that'd be really cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think mostly we're going to be talking about, um, you know, obviously just like what we liked about the series and stuff, but sort of the main focus of it is going to be um, sort of how the Clone Wars has impacted the, the Star Wars universe in general and sort of um, the ways that it's changed the way or the, the ways that it's changed how we look at the movies or uh, sort of the way that it's shaped um, some of these other Star Wars stories moving forward and things like that. Um, but it's like, yeah, if we got Tom Kane on that panel, then... I'd be like, well, my opinions don't matter. You were on the show. Why don't you tell us about Clone Wars, Mr. Kane? So, um, But yeah, I mean, that, that would certainly be awesome if we could get that to happen. So we'll see how that goes.
1: I expect you to come up with some tough trivia questions for your trivia panel.
0: <laughs> oh, Tim, please. I will come up with some ridiculously tough trivia questions.
1: One so where there will be no winners of the contest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a personal one for me, but I already stumped Jason and Joey while we were talking about it the other night when I said, uh, you know, what's the what's the name of Anakin's custom Jedi Starfighter from the Clone Wars micro-series? Because, um, you know, I, I've talked about that before, how that's like one of my favorite ships, but they were like, wait, that has a name?
1: I think you stumped me on that too when we were talking about it. <laughs> I didn't know the name for it either.
0: Yeah, but I think it's called the uh, the Azure Angel.
1: Okay, yeah, I remember you talking about you that. How you pronounce <laughs> that, the
0: yeah, A-Z-U-R-E, that shade of blue? Um, crap, I shouldn't have said that because there might be people <laughs> listening who are going to be at Phoenix, oh, Congo. Well, guess, guess what? Out. Now, you know, for anyone listening, you should come check out our panel now because uh, I just gave you a sneak peek.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll know those who uh... – answer the question correctly you know they cheated by listening to the episode <laughs> to <disqualify> them. <laughs> yeah.
0: well we think what we're thinking about doing right now is doing sort of like a, a tournament bracket setup, almost where we pair people up two at a time and then uh, you know you have to answer be the first to answer like the best two out of three or three out of five questions or something mm-hmm. like that um to advance to the next round and so you know you could be listening to this right now and you might not even be the one who gets that question anyways
1: It'll be something where, like, each round of questions get harder and harder.
0: Most likely, yeah. But it could also be something where, like, if it's best three out of five, like, we start with an easy one and they get progressively harder um, just within those five questions. But, yeah, it probably will be, uh, you know, I'm sure for, like, the final round, we get to the top two people. Like, we're not going to be asking what planet is Luke Skywalker from. Yeah. (laughs) Well, see,
1: it could be a trick question. He's from, technically, you'll Tatooine, but he was actually born on Polis, <laughs>
0: Polis Masa. I just <laughs> thought of that, too, earlier. Yeah, it's like, wait, somebody could stump us with that. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so that, that should be fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, before that comes up, uh, you know, most of my attention has just been focused on Celebration and, uh, you know, obviously you you've guys, you guys have heard us talk it to death, uh, but it's finally coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, and so I think that's just about going to do it for this episode. We've uh, covered all our news stories and stuff. Um, and our next episode will be uh, either from or immediately following uh, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim and uh, just talking about all the, the awesome stuff we're going to get to see there.
1: Oh man, I can't wait. Our next episode we're gonna have so much awesome stuff to talk about.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, uh should be so great. So uh before we wrap up here, uh Tim, we got any uh you know any fan mail or uh comments or any uh last stuff you gotta read for us?
1: Um not for this one. We just like I said, we had to put the word out for all everyone's favorite Star Wars Marvel comic series going on right now. So Just thanks to everyone who responded to that. It was cool to hear everyone's opinions and kind of glad that it was varied. It wasn't just Vader, 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 or Kanan, Kanan, Kanan. It was everyone had their own opinions and why they think each series is great, which I think is a testament to what Marvel's doing. They're putting out four quality books right now, and each are really, really good. Some better than others, but for the most part, I think they're all really good for different reasons, and that's the most you can ask for when you're putting out four different comic series of Star Wars and for them to be really really entertaining and providing good stories i think is a win so glad that the feedback from uh these fans who follow us on twitter and listen to the show are being uh, happy with what marvel's putting out so
0: that was really cool yeah definitely that's some good stuff there and um, i will say
1: too on a, if i can brag a little bit on a geeky note i got a tweet i sent out favorited by mark hamill and that made my night
0: <laughs> oh there you go
1: it was regarding the trickster episode for the flash like me and someone were talking about it's and I mentioned how we did the voice of the trickster in one of the Justice League animated series, and he gave a favorite to that. I was like, oh, Mark Hamill disfavored my tweet. That might be little to people like, why do you get so excited about that? But it's Mark Hamill. I mean, a childhood hero, saw something you wrote. I mean, I can't help but be excited. So that was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, no, you, you have a legitimate right to uh, geek out and brag about that. Because that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, even though it's just like one a, tweet and it is kind of small in the grand scheme of things, I know if Mark Hamill ever favorited my tweet, I would also be like, oh my gosh! Yeah.
1: <laughs> Actually, the email I get that says tells me someone favorited your tweet, I haven't deleted that yet. That says Mark Hamill favorited your tweet. I don't think I ever go. will.
0: Dude, I would probably like, screenshot that and post it on Facebook and bragged all my friends about it or something if it was me. But, <laughs> um, you know, so... Yeah. Good stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, so, uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us, send us questions, comments, emails, anything like that. Um, if you're going to be at celebration and, uh, you want to meet up with us there and, uh, you know, join in the geeking out over all the the cool stuff that's going to be going on there. Um, yeah, you guys can send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. And you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. And of course, you can also check out our website, starwarstsc.com, for all the latest uh, news and info and rumors and all this kind of stuff that we're talking about on here. So, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're glad to have you guys with us and we will be back in just a couple of short weeks from Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. It's going to be awesome. We will see you guys later, and may the Force be with you.
1: See you next time, everybody.